as well because you know why not best practices uh is your original sound where it's supposed to be yes it is yeah. yes it is yeah. mm-hmm. poor unfortunate soul <laughs> yeah went to get coffee yesterday my mother-in-law here is here as oh, i told is there more mother-in-law stories yes i love these and she said to me freddy freddy can i have some coffee and then she was amazed at how quickly I made it because I have a Keurig. But I went to the jar, right? And I have my, um, I'm getting low on <laughs> my Starbucks French roast, right? And then I thought, do I have enough for tomorrow or the next morning if I don't go out or whatever? You know, these things quickly go through your mind. And there was some Van Hoot. Oh, yeah. Medium blend decaf. <laughs> so I gave her that. Oh, yeah. Nice. And in my mind, I'm thinking... You know, she's not going to know the difference because she doesn't drink Starbucks uh, uh, French roast. She's not going to know. And then I thought, but is that? I should just give her the best I have because she's my mother-in-law. She's sweet. Anyway, I grab the Van Hoot. <laughs> and I give her the Van Hoot. And um, I just watched her. And I don't know why I'm watching her because, again, she had no comparison to make. She, well, she it's, not, it's not like you poisoned her. I know. I watched and her just took- to see when it would take effect. <laughs> <laughs> the coffee conundrum. That's right. To see so when the decaf t- would when the decaf would do its business. So she took a sip and went, Oh, Freddie, that's good coffee. Oh yes. It all it always good with the world. Always good with the world. Well, thank goodness. So from now on I'll just give her that. Because I have a bunch of that stuff. I, <laughs> I don't, I don't, it, it's I don't not like she it. said, Fred, can I have a coffee and you spit in it? I know, I know, Howard. It's just, you know, it's you know what it's like when you have someone in your home. You want yes, to give you them want the to best. give them the you best. You want exactly. them to feel comfortable. You want them to be uh, feel welcome. Yes, give so them now, the best you have to. I'll offer. tell you one thing: if you've, if you've got Dan Duran in your house, you're not giving him any Van Hoot. <laughs> Dan Duran's not getting that. <laughs> hey, and listen, in its own right, there's nothing wrong with Van Hoot. No, there's nothing wrong with it. I actually had some uh, decaf Van Hood, but I will say it's not as good as the uh, Starbucks. I don't I haven't used a Keurig in, in months now since the flood because they took a bunch of that stuff away to uh, make sure it was. Uh, well, they take oh, all getting, the, all that. Getting, <laughs> getting a new coffee maker? No, Probably. what they do is they they take it away to see if make sure if it had water damage they, if it, if it's repairable or replaceable doesn't matter. Uh, but I haven't used a Keurig for a couple of months. I do have that kicking horse decaf, which I drink, which I think is as good as any coffee I've had. And and even yeah, the great Dan Duran, who has spent some time in this home, you've drank it, and it's up it's up to your coffee standards, which are pretty high. Yeah, no, I'd say yeah. You know, I'd, I'd I be able to tell the Van Hoot though if it was. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, oh you I, would. You'll, 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 you can't would. give Dan Duran Van Hoot. He'll no. spit it right in your face. <laughs> um, Caribbean coffee tends to be good. I don't know what it is in uh, in the Dominican at that all-inclusive they served, but it was good. And then last year when I was there, sort of, you know, living as a Dominican, mm, as yes, I'm about to do again, yes. we were buying a coffee, and off the top of my head, I'd have to see it because it's all Spanish and shit, right? I need you down there to help me buy coffee. Um, it was good, too. There's something about... Like, you know, the Blue Mountain in Jamaica and yeah, other coffees. That. It's nice. It's nice. You know what uh, the Spanish word for coffee is? 
Uh, no. Cafe. <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah, it's okay. very difficult. See, I should know that. Yeah, Because exactly. I just spent the last week going, cafe, cafe. Cafe, por favor. I, I, I think I've said this to you guys, or maybe I've thought it, but wanted to say it. No, I, that's the one thing when I was in uh, Mexico, which I'm also going back in less than a week. No, a week now. A week from uh, Saturday. More than a week. I couldn't find, and I tried several different brands, a really good sort of e- equivalent decaf coffee. I went to, uh, so once in a while I would have a real coffee, uh, but I couldn't find, you know, coffee grind, ground coffee that I could use, so... Well, they would have Starbucks down there, don't they? Well, not in the uh, grocery store. They don't. I oh, I thought no. I mean, you know what, Fred? They may have had uh, re- they may have had regular coffee, but right. not decaf. Um, okay, why don't we do this? Why don't we get the show started? Because there's a bunch of stuff left over. It's Thursday. It's email day. Dan Duran, uh, very excited about Dan a Dan Duran visit a daylight hour visit. Dan Duran's coming to spend a, a day on Saturday doing some tech work. I love that. Bring the bring the studio back up to its uh, you know level that it should be. And speaking of which, I when we, don't let me forget that. I want to get see if you can get me that cable for the speakers. Let's see if we can get those oh, right, working yeah. again. I've got a bunch of those kicking around here. I should yeah, say. you know, and you know how patient I am when it comes to tech day. <laughs> oh, I know. It's, well, I know we're going to have to do like uh, phases. You know, like okay, like fifteen twenty minutes here and there. And then oh, I do. I, I do get very. Uh, because I just want it to be done. Yeah, well, and, you, and we've talked about this with, with uh, you before, Fred, where it's like, you and I want it to be done, and Dan, Dan Duran, for some reason, wants it to be done right. Yes. It's very... <laughs> it's, it's aggravating. It's extremely aggravating. You can always yeah. fix it again. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. I'm it's only like, laughing because Dan's been over here for several little minor repairs. Where even even when I'm doing it, I just like okay, it's done. He's like, well, maybe you you thought about maybe if we could just do it. And I'm like, forget it. I can't wait to teach you with it because everybody remembers that Howard poured coffee in the console, so we have a new console. That's right. To put in, and so there's new instructions, <laughs> new ways of doing things. I can't this wait. Be a long day. <laughs> it's already a long day. It's you know, the English language is an interesting thing. Interesting. He actually spilled it into the console, but now it's as Dan would have it. Poured it in. That's right. I just poured it over. <laughs> like you, like you put your hand over and just That's poured right. it in. <laughs> yeah. See how stories change. See, there from, you go. Yeah, I can't time. wait. <laughs> Two more sleeps before Dan tries to explain a new piece of technology to me. And oh, by the way, I still have your mouse in a bag. Well, we'll have to deploy that as well. Can't wait. And integrate that, but that'll be like later in the day. Yeah, we'll have that to have a nap first. first. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from our state-of-the-art Humble and Fred studio in Toronto, from our well-equipped Brampton facility with a sports viewing portal, and from Lisa's dining room table next to trendy black sticks in a vase. And is brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Boron One, Bodog, Kelsey, and our newest sponsor, Lender's Choice Mortgages. And now, here are two men who can belt like no one is listening and bark like no one is smelling. It's Humble and Fred. I'm sorry, was that music too loud? No, it just it doesn't sound as clear and smooth and uh, concise as it usually does. Um, well... You notice that, Dan? No, it's because it, all the original... My original sound's on. Maybe your original sound's off. No. 
All right. Well, the voice, the voice to music level. Howard described this ear experiment, so it's a little bit louder than normal. No, no, it doesn't sound right to me either. I guess maybe it's a problem at my end. I'll proceed. But you sound good. Okay. Okay, but did the music sound okay to you? Because honestly, there's, the only thing I can do is original sound off. No, I can hear it, on. Um, but it just didn't, it just, it had that sort of in the distance sound to me when something isn't right. But hold on. Again, I hate bringing this up on yeah, it just doesn't sound quite right yeah. to me. Does it to you, Dan? No, it seems okay to me. I think it's... Uh, okay. Here. How about that? Does that sound Good. okay? Yeah, that's better. So that's coming off uh, Spotify. The other thing was coming off my computer. Okay, sorry, listenership, for that. You don't like to hear these things. Well, no, they don't care. Well, I know, but... You know. Uh, one more thing I can look at. External headphones, yeah. Everything is, everything else is okay. where it normally is. Okay, yeah, I know. So, um, be, you know, and and you won't hear anything off that. Uh, well, you will. Like when we do the okay. emails, do you hear this? Hi guys. Hi guys. Yep. Hi guys. It's good. Let's that sounds good. Okay, fine. Okay. So I I brought something up the other day, and I and I'd forgotten that I was teasing. The, I'd said, oh, tomorrow I'll tell you about something that's. I found that it's changed at the movie theater. Do you not remember me saying this this thing? I remember that we were yeah we were going to talk about that. I was excited to know something. Oh yeah, because Dan of course got his start in the well, it's, he was uh, in the movies as a child, as a child actor. <laughs> <laughs> Dan was a child actor back in the thirties. Mm-hmm. He My was in uh, job was a usher at a theater. I thought that's what you're going to reference. Well, there was that. that Londonderry Cinemas, yeah. Yes, the where? Londonderry Cinemas. It was a twin at the Londonderry Mall in Edmonton, Alberta. Uh, nevertheless, Dan that. was in the movie business. That's all you need to know. That's the premise mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. For as long as I can remember, and you guys too, I would imagine, you would go to a movie picture. A moving picture show, a picture, a movie, a film, and you would have your food, your your pop, your popcorn, your candy, and then just toss it. Sure, put it under your seat. Put it under on the floor. Away. I mean, that was part of the movie. Going, I'm sorry. Yeah, you while you, well, you put it on the floor and walk away. Yeah, I, I mean, like a stadium, or right, exactly. exactly. And I, I apologize. I've turned my headphones way down, so I'm having sometimes I have trouble hearing the two of you. Okay, so um. Do you know now, part of the movie-going experience was a sticky floor and, you know, mm-hmm. knocking over a pop. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, but no more. Do you know that they, they and, I, and I don't know how long this has been going on, and I guess I've noticed it over the last few years, but I just, it came to mind the other day, and I thought, I wonder if Fred and Dan know this, that they, basically, you're no longer allowed to do that. I mean, you can do it. But you're like the only one in them. What they encourage you to do at the beginning of the movie is, you know, they're like, hey, this isn't we're trying to keep the place clean. So please, when you leave the theater, deposit your garbage in the uh, bins, the recycling and the, and the waste. Yeah. They're saying, saying that or is there signs like that? There's now, not or? there's they, they say that in the um, pre-show announcements. Wow. Well, I guess asking people not to be slobs is not too bad of an idea. So what do you think of that, Dan Duran? Well, I think that's fine. I mean, I was an usher. 
And between shows, we had to go through with our, you know, we just at the end of the show, there was four of us or three of us who would, you know, stand at the sides. And then we go through these little, you know, things and garbage bags and pick up all the stuff for the in-between show and then let the next crowded goofballs in. It's a lot of kids shows that worked in those days. But yeah, I think that's a good idea. Where else do we do that? So why should we do it there? No, well, I guess that's that. Well, you do it at stadiums. Like at, at stadiums, you're not. No one's telling you at the end of the ball game, you know, take your trash and, and deposit it. But, and I and I have to feel like this has been going on for a while. But I just not that I just noticed it, but I thought, oh, I wonder if these gentlemen have noticed that at the the local Bijou. You're, you're asking the wrong guy. No, I know you okay. haven't been in a movie for five years. I haven't been years. in years, but I equate it to um, self-checkout. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's probably one less employee. They've, you know, they the bean counters would get in there and thought, you know, if we could encourage people to do this, we might have to hire less staff. Again, that's just the cynic in me. You know. Do you think people at the Roman Colosseum, you know, when they went to watch the lions rip people apart and stuff, did they leave stuff in the... In the <laughs> That's all right. Ladies and gentlemen, Roman? after this next uh, death match, well, what what did the uh, people in the Colosseum throw? Didn't they throw things at the gladiators? Weren't they throwing, like... Body parts. Body parts, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You know, uh, Dan, you... Worked at a theater when I was a kid, the Golden Mile Cinema near me on Neglington Avenue. Back in the day, the two cinemas near us, you would go in the front doors, pay your tickets. When the movie was over, you would go out the back doors. Yeah, same with us. Exit, yeah, yeah, they don't do that anymore, obviously. But that was just part of it. Well, a good friend of mine who has since passed, Brad Bully, he was an usher at the theater, and he would let us run in the back door at the beginning of the fi- of the film. Oh, and um, and I guess maybe that's what led to the the end of having the rear exit, or I guess depending on where the theater was built or whatever. But that was just common. You get out and you just made your way out through the back i think that's how theaters were designed because there was two there were two theaters in moose jaw the capitol and the Mm -hmm. studio the studio had a a, two cinemas the capitol just one but both Mm -hmm. of them let out yeah at the back and and everyone knew somebody we we we, that was when you got older you're like okay i'm sneaking into the movie because dude would let exactly but Mm -hmm. they all opened up and you would make instead of coming back inside the theater you would make your way out of the theater Mm-hmm. Out into the street. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing so I was thinking. A, that's a little memory. And it's funny back then, too, because the Golden Mile Cinema was one screen, and then down Eglinton Avenue was the Elaine Theater, like just one screen. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. you would go and one screen would show two movies, but... Uh, but another thing yeah. that Dan said about, go, you know, Dan is an usher, you, you were, your job was to go in, in between films pick up the garbage yeah and right. and one thing i guarantee you didn't do in those days you didn't pick up the garbage wearing surgical gloves no mm. but you know you know what i mean that's that's one of those things that we just take for granted now anyone doing those kind of jobs is wearing you know some some something to keep the uh, germs away but back mm. in the 1970s no one cared about it no Germs weren't a thing. Germs weren't a thing. Anyway, I just thought I'd bring it up because it happened the other day, and I was like, oh, yeah. Because sometimes when I haven't paid attention, 
I forget and I walk out of the movie theater. I'm the only one Mm -hmm. who's not carrying in their uh, popcorn bag. Yeah. And I believe I've told you guys, you talk about, you know, back in the 70s and I'll worry. Like in Scarborough, all along Eglinton Avenue, like in Scarborough between Victoria Park and whatever, Markham, McCowan, both Lawrence Avenue and Eglinton Avenue was apartment building after apartment building after apartment building. And they all used to burn their own garbage in incinerators. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine that? So you would drive down Eglinton, there'd be black smoke billowing out of the top of these apartment buildings. (laughs) It was crazy. That's right. Well, when Dan was a a little boy, Mm -hmm. that's when, uh, you know... Kids were chimney sweeps. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know. That's right, yeah. They would take it. Yeah, I'm sure, you know, Dan and his brothers and sisters would have to, they would go to school in the morning all filthy from yeah, sweeping chimneys. The big, big brush and my brother Tom. He That's the right. One, yeah, for the uh, three and a half inch pipes. Yeah. Chim chimney and then singing. Chim chimney, chim chimney, chim chim chimney. Please, sir, can I have more? That's right. That no, that's, that's Oliver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Please, sir, can I have some more chimney sweeping? Please, uh, was he not a chimney sweep? No. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> no, he was a pickpocket. All right. In this life, one thing counts in the bank, large amounts. Um, uh, speaking yeah. of songs. So we'll, just quickly, Dan, I, I forget, when was the last time you were at a movie theater? I don't know. I can't think of what would get me back to one. Have you been to one recently, Dan, did you say? Uh, yeah, about a year ago on oh, my right. son, Colton. But it's always, you all know, right. some, some big kind Dudes. of makes sense to go yeah. to a theater. Dudes, if you lived where I live, I live a block right. from a movie theater. Oh, yeah. It would be and, different if I lived there, yeah. And, you know, regularly. Yeah, you go there to pick up chicks. I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's right. That's what I'm going there for. Um, but up for quite some time, when I was still smoking a lot of weed, that'd be, that was one of the things that uh, Buddy Dave and I would do, is we'd just get high as monkeys and go to like a fun film and then just be vaping during the film. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I would take a, a couple of hits during the uh, presentation. Oh, yeah. Why not? You're sitting there watching Schindler's <laughs> list, list laughing oh, yeah. your head off. Oh, yeah. Well, it's a comedy, isn't it? <laughs> Dan. Dan's going to stay out of this. <laughs> That's yeah. right. I'm sorry, Dan. Schindler's list wasn't a comedy. I mean, I thought oh, I, in Germany it's a comedy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, in fact, in Germany it's a musical, isn't it? Jeez. <laughs> oh, oh, now he's back right off. Dan has nothing to do. All right. That. It's springtime for Schindler and Germany. Uh-huh. All right. Um, hey, no, hey. Let's get off this subject, Dan, because it's no laughing matter. What is interesting, though, yes, that's right. Interesting. Is today, make sure I can play this for you guys. Got you on my- no, that's not what I want to play. Happy anniversary, that little river band, right? Yeah, I wanted to play the happy anniversary, happy anniversary, because oh. today is today is SIBA payment day. Today is SIBA payment day. Today is SIBA payment day. SIBA payment day. You know what SIBA is, Dan? Uh, something to do with the, the loan that businesses took during COVID. You are correct, sir. You today, and you had the deadline. Canada, you now, but Canada now, Emergency you- Business Account Loans. I never did know what it stand for. That's what it was. And uh, 900 businesses, for people who don't know, it was a COVID measure. 900? 900,000 
no, businesses. Paul, you just said 900. Well, because I got two okay. things going at the same time. All right. Uh, nearly a million businesses in Canada took the government money. Uh, the original deadline for this, it was in 2020 we got the, the dough. And we're one of the small businesses. Uh, the original time to pay it back was 2022. Uh, but they extended the deadline. Only, th- this is interesting. Okay, forget it. This is, no, I'm just that. Oh. Um, th- only 35% of businesses had paid it back as of mid-December. 22% of businesses said they would not be able to meet today's deadline. 22%. Wow. The remaining companies said they plan to repay by today. That said, there's a good chance a lot of the companies that took these loans. And what was it? $40,000? No, 60000 if you pay it by today. Is today the 18th? Yeah, right. Yeah, man. Um, today is SIBA payment day. You, you repay it, and you're forgiven 20 of the 60. If you don't pay it as of today, you owe them 60. You're allowed three years to pay it back at 5% per annum. Now, I, you know, I sort of predicted this. A lot of companies now are claiming they can't do this and they can't do that. But, again, they knew the rules going in. And, honestly, I think a lot of the complaining is sort of disingenuous, I think, sort of pushing the government. Because I had the same attitude. I thought, you know, this is one of those programs that probably ultimately will end up costing the government taxpayers whatever millions and millions because they probably will never recover that money but uh, the prime minister seems to be holding fast yesterday he said no it's time to wrap up all this stuff we want the money and we want it now you know the deal and uh, abide by it so so that's uh, the situation a lot of the businesses that were um According to this, the businesses that are the, at the biggest risk of missing deadlines mm-hmm. or this deadline, arts, social services, and the hospitality sector, a lot mm-hmm. of restaurants who are already facing a pretty tough road anyway. Right. 53% of eateries, restaurants, are losing money or just breaking even. Pre-pandemic, that was only 12%. So a lot of restaurants that survived the pandemic have just barely survived, survived it, are barely breaking even. So for them to pay back, you don't have to pay back the 40, not the 60. Yeah, as of today. That's as what of I'm today. Saying. Yeah, you pay back 40 and you're forgiven 20. But as of tomorrow, you owe them 60 if you don't meet the deadline today. And full disclosure, you know, we're a small business. We took the government's money. And I think like a lot of small businesses, you know, because in 2020, you know, we didn't know if we, we were going to survive. We had no idea if, uh, you know, if people were going to still have money to sponsor something as idiotic as this. You know, if you think about a company's priority list once the pandemic hit. So whether you think it was good or bad for us to take the money, we took, we took the money and uh, we've paid it back uh, thanks to the uh <laughs> the uh, you know the conservative strategy of my uh, business partner, but like a lot of companies, we've had this discussion. We were kind of hoping the government would be like, ah, forget it, <laughs> just just keep it. Well, that's why um, I'm surprised you said, you know, a lot of company, you know, how many had paid it back by mid December. Like, why would you do that? <laughs> All the advice that I got was, you wait till the very end because you don't know what could happen. Yeah. 
you know, because again, being a government program, you don't know. And um, like, I don't know. And to be honest, a lot of those companies now that are, are having a problem with it or sort of pushing back a bit, all they want is longer to pay back, not necessarily even the forgiveness per se. They would like that longer to pay it back interest free. So even if that happened, I could see maybe. But when you have a program like that, you have to have an end date. And um, like, you know what I mean? Or it, as the prime minister says, it could go on forever. Uh, so, yeah, for those that really need it or are in a crunch, yeah, I guess you feel bad for them. Well, but again, it's like anything else. You're going in, you knew what the rules were. And they relaxed the rules along the way because, as you said, originally it was going to be December 31st, 2022 that you owed the money back. I just calculated mm-hmm. how much this would cost the government if they if nobody paid it back. It would be, th- I'm pretty sure this, 360 million dollars zero 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 or maybe more i did nine hundred thousand times forty thousand it's one two three Mm -hmm. zeros one two three zeros and i read yesterday there's a lot of ways around this like why would you (laughs) i mean let's be honest why would you pay as of today if you can't pay it back what you do is you go out and finance forty thousand right Mm. and you pay them and you get the twenty dollar the twenty thousand relief so there's very few that Unless, oh, I guess maybe some businesses can't do that. But, you know, put yourself in that position today. It's like, I don't, I can't give them, you know, um, I just don't have the money to do anything right now. But at, at the very least, to save 20 grand, I'll go find it. I'll go get 40 well, I'm grand. I'm sorry. How do, you, how do you save 20 grand? You've already got the 60 grand. You've spent, you've kept it. Yeah. You're only, right. you're, you only have to give back 40. That's what I'm saying. But you got to do, you got to give back the 40 as of today. If you right. don't, then you owe them 60. So oh. what I'm saying is, wait, right? Wait, wait, what do you mean you owe them 60? You only owe them 40. No, Howard. As if you, they gave you 60. Right. If you pay it back by today, you only have to give them 40 back. But if you don't meet the deadline today, it's 60. Is it really? Yes. Yeah. There's Howard. a huge motivation to pay it off right now. Mm-hmm. That is what I'm saying. So what you would want to do is go get 40 somewhere and at least... But I know there's a lot of businesses wouldn't be able to even do that. So well, I did not know that. It. See, I, I, oh I'm, yeah, that's the whole idea. See, I'm looking at the story here, and it, I, I I guess they just assume because they they don't mention that you only had to like there's nothing in this story, and I've got lots mm-hmm. of details. Nothing that mentions you can keep the twenty, but if you don't pay it back today, you have to pay back the whole sixty. That doesn't make any sense. Well, well. That's the it's deal. The, it's the forgiveness part, right? And then yeah. what, what some people have been complaining about is that why why should the government even consider giving back any of this uh, or giving uh, extending the deadline to anyone because of all the other businesses who have paid, uh, you know, attention to the deadline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that part I get. Yeah, that part, I get the fairness of it, but I just didn't understand that loophole. I just would have assumed that the government only wants everyone to give back the 40 because the 20 was forgiven. No, as of the state, because there's a big issue right now. A lot of companies that have paid, the government has come back and said, oh, in retrospect, you didn't qualify for the forgiveness. So you got to pay it all back. Why? Who didn't qualify for the forgiveness? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. It's just Google it. There's tons of stories about... A bit of a clusterfuck with this, as you might imagine. 
So. Uh, okay. Well, um, we uh, we paid ours back, mm-hmm. and we qualified to keep the twenty. But I wonder if there's you know companies would be like, well, what 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 is it? what's the government going to do if you're one of those struggling restaurants barely making it and you don't have the money to to pay it back today, the forty or the sixty. Mm-hmm. What are they well, going to do? You, you go out of business. Mm-hmm. So if God. you go out of business, what they're going to come? Could they come after you personally? Uh, sure, they know. could. Well, of course they could. Like anything else, Revcan works in crazy ways. They, yeah, you know, if you owe your corporate tax, shows, yeah, it, it it will be a delinquent taxation, I guess. Yes, the deadline, uh, January 18, 2024, pay SIBA loan or lose the forgivable f- portion of 20000 Yes, it's that severe. So, again, to repeat wow. myself, again, for the umpteenth time. All right. You know, there are ways around a 5% over three years. Not that bad. I mean, again, for some, you know, everybody's situation is different. But again, a, th- a way you can get around this to save the twenty, get the forgiveness is yeah, no, I get forty it now. now it makes sense. Yes, but okay. you can see I was just assuming that the government. That's your incentive to pay back the money. Is is mm-hmm. if you don't, you got to pay back all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, whatever it is, and I'm pre- I, that that number doesn't sound right. Three hundred and sixty million, but maybe it is. For what? For the amount of money it would have cost the government. No, it's got to be in the billions, Howard. It's got to be. Well, yeah, it's got to maybe thirty. Yeah, maybe it's three point six billion. That makes more yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're not very good with the arithmetic. <laughs> Even as believe I, me, when I, when I'm doing company stuff and I have my little calculator, I'll tell you sometimes three and four times I do stuff. Well, the thing is, I just, just did that a couple of times, and I still couldn't <laughs> figure out how many zeros was into the billions. So, okay, yeah, it makes more sense. Three point six billion. Uh, anyway, today is SIBA Payback Day, the eighteenth, the eighteenth of January. Yeah, that bit wasn't too confusing. <laughs> I, my Jeez. favorite part. I wish you'd have warned me we were talking about SIBA. Dude, my favorite part of it was how aggravated you were getting at me for not figuring out the 40 and the 60. That was good. I was like, this is what oh. it must be like being one of your kids. Yeah, but that's not your end of the business. Oh, I know. You br- Trust me, I know. <laughs> I bring it in, baby. Um, in fact, Howard, when I paid it back, I did. I went. To, I'm looking at, okay, all the instructions of paying it back, what you do. And I did it, and it all came back, and I'm reading it. Yes, I've done this right. I still sent a thing to our bank manager saying, will you review this and make sure I did this right? Because I don't want any slip-ups. I don't want any screw-ups and find out that we didn't qualify for this. And she did that for me. Well, there you go. Sweet Molly. See, that's why. Okay, sweet Molly. I'm sure the bank. I'm sure, I'm sure the bank manager would love to be referred to sweet Molly. Uh, Dan, will you be uh, around for the news later? Yeah, I'll be around for the news. Uh, okay, listen. We'll try and keep things uh, a little bit more, you know, in your lane. You're not. not going. Did you apply? Up. Did Dan Duran Industries apply for the SIBA loan? No, I did not. Do you, do you, I, 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 he's I been on a different plan. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So was there any pandemic loopholes that you exploited? Did not. No, I, I you know, I took some of the uh, whatever the other one was, but yeah. <laughs> you took some what of ever the other one I can't was what the, name, the, the acronym for the uh, you know when you were unemployed for a certain period of time what what was that one called oh that was uh, um yeah I forget yeah see I know that one yes the other one for, see for you're doing better than me I can't even remember what you're talking about. Yeah, that, that, this was that was Serb, or wasn't it? Or, yeah. Oh, right, Serb. the Serb, yeah. Serb, Serb, Serb. Yes. Serbian, yeah, the Serbian. We Serbian. didn't get the Serb though. We got no Serb. We no. got Siva. Well, yeah. yeah, you got your Sivas, and somebody got the Serbs. I took the Serbs because the Siva wasn't, you know, something I wanted to do first. Well, no, because the Siva is for small businesses, and you're not incorporated, right? <laughs> and the Serb last. How long did the Serb last? Mm, year or something? Yeah, and that. You didn't have to pay that back. Okay? No, no, no. Unless they found out you were cheating. <laughs> yeah. The thing about Siba, though, is it it just sounds like a skin issue. Oh, yeah. Those guys got the Siba. Oh, really? Yeah, it's terrible. They got a... Is there a cream for it? Well, you know, I told you the other day, I went to the dermatologist. Yeah, the guy, and said, day. I'm a cool dude. Yeah. Well, I, I have a basil cell. Basil cell. No, basil, I think they call it. Okay. Or is it a basil it's cell? Basil, basil, basil cell. Yeah. Well, you know, it's how you pronounce things, right? Well, well oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, sorry. Let's just pronounce anything. You can't just pronounce things the way you want them. Okay, it's a basil cell. It's because it's, you've, All got, right. you've been eating too much basil. <laughs> I thought for sure this guy said, anyway, it doesn't matter. And I've had many of them. I should know. But that tells you something about me when it comes to that terminology. Fuck, what's the matter with me? Okay, basil cell. So, yeah, I see what you, you know, seba, a seba cell. Hey, by the way, I have something in common with uh, King Charles. I'm happy to report. He and I, and it's not being repulsive to look at. It's something other than that. Okay. What would that be? He's going in today into the hospital to have a terp. The king has a big, fat prostate, and it finally had to be surgically attended to. So he's having a terp. Although he's lucky. He was, what, 74, 75 before he needed his? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, my thoughts are with him because I know what he's mm. going through. Thoughts and prayers? They're going to be, they're going to be <laughs> thoughts and prayers. This long metal rod up his uh, yeah. pecker today and going in and drilling a hole in his prostate. So. Turp it up. Yep. Turp it up. Turp it up. Um, listen, mm-hmm. I, now that you've got me, I, I could be wrong. Listen, I'm wrong. Let me just see if this is how you pronounce it. Basal cell carcinoma. Yeah, basal cell. Okay. Basal cell carcinoma. Basal cell carcinoma. Basal, basal cell. cell carcinoma. That's just one computer's opinion. So you don't believe that it's basal basal cell I've carcinoma? Pardon me? I've heard both terms. Well, it's the same, you know, pronunciation, the same thing. Basal, basal. Basal cell carcinoma. No, no one calls it a basal cell, Dan. Okay. Well, right. I one think of us, if you get lazy, us a maybe. Doctor. Howard, I'm telling you, the doctor, I think he said basal, basal cell, cell carcinoma. Okay. If you, if you, you want my doctor's number to yeah, take let's it call up with him. Because he also, listen, this is the same guy I thought you were a cool dude, so. <laughs> basal cell carcinoma. Basal cell carcinoma. Another, um, find another pronunciation there down your list. Yeah, of, Dan, you know, guys okay, you know what, Dan? Okay, you're right. Sometimes it's, let's just do that. Let's just go with that. Let's just okay. go with the fact that you can't find it in your heart to agree with me 
about the pronunciation. Okay. <laughs> Let's just go with that. You're so wanted to be Basil Cell, said I mean, no one. I don't care. It's like, you yeah, know, you uh, tomato, tomato. I don't care. It's not tomato, tomato. Not? Um, okay, we got to go, though, because uh, Dan's, uh, we got a lot of stuff to get through. Dan, why don't you go away and come back? Oh, Dan's gone. Come back and see if you can find it. Somebody called it a basil cell. All right. All right. No, I'm not pushing back at all because I often get things like that wrong. So Yeah, and I can see. Yeah. I could see. I could get that wrong, but we've just, we've just found out that's not how you pronounce it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, you've had lots of them. Well, I had a big one cut off the back, my back. Right. Um, when I went the other day, you know, these little bumps I get on my arms, he yes. froze them off. And uh, and then he cut a, a chunk out of my chest, which was similar to the thing on my back, as he said. it's They call it pre-cancer. Right. I've said, had a couple of those. And when he looks at it, he says, you know, there's nothing to worry about here. Um, they know, like, immediately whether it's you're in trouble and uh, well i have this thing on are, i have this thing on the top of my head is called precancerous keratosis and it just becomes kind of like dry and anyway it doesn't matter it's gross um and i went so i went and saw a dermatologist because of that mm-hmm. i don't know sometime in the last couple of years expecting fully that the rest of my body from years of sun damage and golfing and i, I just yeah. thought for sure i was going to have a lot more and i uh, was pleasantly surprised that i didn't you know, I had a couple things that they froze off as well. But um, other than this thing on the top of my head that I've had now for three or four years, it just, again, from years in the sun. And I've been pretty lucky, actually. Yeah. And I was surprised yesterday because he said, so do you work outside? And I said, no, I said, you know, I'm up north all summer outside and I like to golf and I go away in the winter. So I get a lot of sun exposure. And I thought he would say, well, you got to watch it. But he didn't say that to me. Um, but maybe that goes without saying, right? Because you, yeah. you can't be doing it. I remember in our early years, you and I, and you'd come back from uh, mm. some vacation. And I'd come back and we'd both just be like brown and uh, mm-hmm. sunburned. And neither of us were wearing sunscreen. Mm-hmm. You know, for the longest time, I was out in the sun, you know, as much as anyone I knew, without sunscreen. And then, of course, we all started wearing sunscreen. I think I started wearing sunscreen when I had kids. And then somewhere in the last 10 or 15, 20 years, I also started wearing sunglasses golfing. Because, you know, for the longest time, most people didn't. And then it became kind of the, the thing to do. But you think about how much time you're out there squinting. Yeah, my GP, you know, between um, when moments when he wasn't being a prick, mm. uh, said that to me once. Well, he said that to me a couple of times. He said, ah, you got to be wearing your sunglasses now, eh, at your age, once you get into your 60s. And I don't know if it's an effect with glaucom- glaucoma right. or um, or what are the things they cut off your eyes, the uh, uh, cataracts, all mm. that kind of stuff, whatever it is. But he said it's a good, you know, it's, in addition to sunscreen, you should have sunglasses on as well. I used to think to myself, it was weird. I'd be driving to the golf course wearing sunglasses, get to the golf course, take them off. <laughs> like, like it wasn't going to be sunny anymore. Well, you know, my problem was, Howard, is that um, unless they were good sunglasses, yeah. like good prescription sunglasses, I just couldn't see clearly. 
No, I know so that's mean. why I never wore them. So I would wear regular glasses and get to the golf course. And if I put on non-prescription sunglasses, it was like I was underwater or something. Mm-hmm. So I, and even after that, I got prescription sunglasses. They weren't of the best quality. Now I have top-notch quality sunglasses, sports sunglasses. It makes a difference. Oh, man. Well, the same with me. Like, I don't have a person. Yeah. I don't need glasses to see other than to read. But uh, I have really, really good golf sunglasses because if they're too cheap the polarization does yeah. something to the the perspective on the ball but i was laughing to myself my when i was a kid i remember my dad and his friends like remember you ever see people put on the clip-on sunglasses oh yeah there's something about that that feels very nostalgic for me oh yeah although you know when i just got these glasses there in the summer they have some real cool, you know, they're magnetic now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know They're mean. pretty cool. So yeah, you have yeah. really cool glasses and you get these magnetic um, sunglasses that just stick to them. So that's evolved. Oh, no, for well. sure. All right, here we go. Happy Can you hear that? Got you on my yeah, it's good. Okay. Um, we're going to get to your emails Happy in a second here, but we got to get to some baby. of this uh, to make got sure that... We don't need any more bailouts from the government. Well, yesterday on the show, Jay Bondi made an appearance on behalf of the Retirement Sherpa, the Retirement Sherpa, Tim Niblett, a portfolio manager, Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. And, Jay, we had a great conversation on TFSAs. If you missed that yesterday, you might want to go back and listen to it. Again, you know, this product has been around for, I guess, closing on 20 years now. and still... A puzzle to a lot of people exactly how they work. So again, take the time. The Retirement Sherpa, retirementsherpa.ca if you need some uh, financial advice and direction. And I want to mention that tonight is uh, wing night at Kelsey's. This will be the uh, last Kelsey's announcement until they come back in a couple months. And again, as I mentioned the other day, we certainly thank all our listeners for stepping up on our behalf and making such an impression on the fine folks at Kelsey's. And hopefully that will uh, mean uh, more business for all of us. Kelsey's has been winging it since 1978. Their uh, legendary chicken wings on tonight for half price. Sauced and styled how you like them and why not and why not wash them down with a $6 Coors. Yeah. Thursday nights or wing nights at Kelsey's. More information if you need at kelsey's.ca. That's kelsey's.ca. Uh, before we get to the emails, you know what I was going to say the other day? Well, two things about... Well, more than two things, but I'm excited. Was I talking to you on the phone or was I saying this to you on the show that how strange it is when you're cheering or you're invested in a sports team how my whole week this week has been thinking about the buffalo bills mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so it's so weird like during some point during the show i was i saw something come up on my forecast here i have a tab open and it was an alert for buffalo they have they're having it's another uh what do they call it here mm-hmm. a uh, lake effect snow warning i think they got another two feet yesterday or something no it's 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 insane how much snow it is insane there. Yeah, they're getting snow today, tomorrow, some scattered flurries uh, Saturday, but mainly sunny on Sunday, but only a high of minus four. Anyway. 
Yeah, it's minus eight as I sit in Brampton uh, right now, which is a big improvement from yesterday when I sat down. It was minus 14 before it quickly became minus 13 for the balance of the morning. Oh, no, exactly. I, I was out with Stan again. We, I timed it. We were out for 10 minutes yesterday afternoon because it was feels like minus 15. And again, back to the idea of I keep coming back to the Bills game. And, and uh, they're playing Kansas City. By the way, that Kansas City game against Miami the week before where we had talked about the fact it was only available on Peacock. It was available mm-hmm. here in Canada on CTV, but in the States, not on network yeah. television. Right. That game had, it was the most streamed event ever with really? 23 million viewers. Mm-hmm. And according to this uh, blurb, an astonishing 30% of all web traffic in the U.S. was from streaming that game during that period of time. Right. So obviously that experiment, you know, has worked for them. Mm-hmm. Because and that's, and in Miami and Kansas City, not, well, Miami's a pretty big market, not Kansas City. The game was available on local television in the, those markets. So um, despite that, it was still the most streamed thing ever and i wanted to ask you because i don't know the, i know the numbers for television these days They're, they wouldn't get 23 million people watching a football game would they i don't know like honestly i, can't I don't think so that. yeah um uh, you know tv numbers aren't what they used to be they, exactly what they used to be you know no I, uh, maybe for sports and live events they are but again i'm I, i'm at a loss i i don't know well I, I i'd have to check but i don't think they're getting uh that kind of uh Viewership. Um, One quick sports note before we move on to emails. Yesterday, the Toronto Raptors uh, traded Spicy P. Spicy P's gone? Yeah, Spicy P's gone. They traded him to the Indianapolis Racers for a couple of players and uh, Indianapolis Pacers, rather, uh, for a couple of players, mid-range players and three first-round draft picks. So... uh, That uh, 2019 championship team, now Chris Boucher, who is a bench player, is the only player remaining. Crazy, man. From that that championship team. Including the coach. Yeah, the coach coach is gone as well, right? Um, I was going to say one more thing about the football game that I'm excited about on on Sunday. You know what makes me a little anxious? What's that? The game clock. Why? I don't know. You know, like, (laughs) because once in a while, Josh... I call him Josh. Once yes. in a while, my boy Josh gets it. Well, he'll take it right down to like take the snap at zero. Because when the right. game clock is, they go like starts at, I don't know, where it starts at 35 or 40. Starts 40, at 40. Yeah. And depending on the situation, they'll, whether they're trying to kill time or not. But And then at five, they show it on the screen. It goes red because you have five seconds yes. to snap the ball. And whenever it goes red, I get a little anxious for Josh because sometimes... It makes it too close. Yeah. But I see, you know, I'm sort of the same way, but I think people with anxiety issues, that would bother. Because, come on, they're professional players. They know what <laughs> no, they're I doing. No, I know. I know. Sometimes, obviously, they do that on purpose. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of time and football, you know, we were talking the other day about football is a great television sport for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And really, in some aspects, better than hockey. A lot of people struggle with hockey on television. But you look at, you know, they've actually put a stopwatch on a football game. So a 60-minute football game, people are actually moving, like I, like actually in play moving. Like it's only like 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. 
in a whole game that stuff is actually happening. A lot of it is what you just said, you know, play, you know, stop 40 seconds, 30 seconds between every play. There's so much of a football game where nobody's doing anything mm-hmm. when the clock is ticking off. And, but it's for some reason, it's still exciting. Well, I think, yeah, it's the suspense, I guess, of yeah, each the anticipation, play. What are they yeah. going to do next? Yeah. As opposed to hockey, where it's moving all the time. Yet, if there's a big complaint of Americans, it's they don't like to watch hockey on television. Where the action is continuous. Yeah, it's weird. But even in basketball, where the action is mostly continuous. Yes. And Except I like the last basketball. two minutes. It, it, well, exactly. <laughs> but isn't it funny that the last two minutes, where it's not continuous, is yeah. the most exciting part of a basketball yes. game? And there yeah. was a time in my life, before I met you, I watched a lot of basketball. I, I really got into the sport, loved it. I love going to basketball live. In fact, I still do. And I think hockey live, for me, is a better sport than it is on television, because I can watch what I want to watch. When I'm in the rink. But I have really been, uh, I don't know, re-engaged with football because of what you just said. Because, and I think those guys like Collingsworth and Romo and the other, the other dude on Fox or whatever, they do a good job of, of helping me understand what's going on. <laughs> because most people just concentrate on the quarterback receivers, you know. But you get a real good sense of what's happening, you know, on the line and where where pressure is being put. And I like it. Well, you look Tony Romo, great. Troy Aikman, great. You know, former players as color guys. Chris Collinsworth, probably Collinsworth, probably he's fantastic. He might be the best. He's really he's good. The longest. And next year, they fully expect Tom Brady to join that group. And that will be interesting as well. Because Brady pulls no punches, man. Like, even since he's retired, he calls it like it is. To, you know, to anybody that asks a question, he'll give an honest answer. So they're anticipating he'll be like that in the booth. Okay, we've uh, delayed to, uh, long enough. And we've got a lot of stuff to get through, so we're going to get through Hi, it guys. quickly. Oh, hang on a second. got two things playing at the same time. <laughs> Skills me. Hi, guys. Hi guys. Hi, guys. Thursday's email day. You can uh, get a hold of us, Humble and Fred, at humbleandfred.com. And let's begin, Frederick, shall we? Uh, this is um, Flying and Ear Comfort from Jeremy Long. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. As someone uh, that flies regularly for work, I have that problem. You know, your ears popping or... You know, starting to hurt. He, but he says, I started to use the Earplanes earplugs, and it's changed my travel experience. You can buy them at Shoppers Drug Mart or at any convenience store at the airport, but they are way more expensive at the airport, obviously. But to uh, Jeremy, this is the ticket. And that's it. He just signs off, Jeremy. Thank you for that uh, information. Jeremy. Thank you, Jeremy. Uh, this is uh, subject line Buttonville Airport. From uh, Ian Cass says, uh, hi, guys. Hi, guys. Uh, goes on to talk about as long as I can remember, uh, at least since the 404 first stretch beyond Steeles Avenue, Buttonville Airport has been the only constant in an ever-growing expanse of houses and commercial properties in Markham. And he goes on to talk about uh, driving by the airport. And I uh, says, last month I drove by Buttonville, and it was sad to see that all the parked airplanes were gone. The only thing standing on the apron was a lone fuel company sign, like the last soldier on a battlefield. The runway headings 15 and 03, 15 and 03 were also blacked out, and a large X was painted on each threshold. Uh, truly the end of an era in the GTA. I would think Howard, says Ian, feels a little nostalgic about this loss as well. 
Uh, he says Rake Care and Mike's up 4%. Ian Cass, Hundy P. Since Voldemort. Um, resting heart rate 64. Bowel regularity 840 every morning, he says, and I don't know why. Well, clockwork. A lot of stuff going on there. I'll just say, yeah, I flew out of Buttonville. I had a uh, partnership in an airplane there. That's right. At one point, I owned an airplane. And we uh, anchor, we hangered it, hangered it at Buttonville and flew out of there a lot. Um, for a small airport, we used to, I refer to it as a grown-up airport. It had a tower, and you could file in and out of there like a commercial airplane. And uh, a lot of busy, busy traffic. So, and, and, and for, I just don't know, I, I'm, not, I'm not up on this, maybe you are, where they've moved all those planes. Oshawa? I don't know. Anyway. I don't know. Maybe to the desert. Isn't that what they do with planes? Yeah, old plane, the yeah they do that with planes that don't work. Oh, okay. I meant like all the people that were flying out of there have to be flying out of somewhere. But I, I think don't know. I know why they did it, because that land way more valuable as land for development mm-hmm. than it could ever be as an airport. But thank you, Ian, for uh, bringing that to our attention. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Uh, we are to continue with the air travel theme. This is Ear Trouble on a Plane Solved from Laura Durisa or Dorica. All right. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. I used to have ear, ear issues when flying, but just when the plane was landing. Not only did it hurt really bad, but then I had trouble hearing for the next few hours. Not a great way to start a vacation, no. A doctor finally t- uh, told me to take an antihistamine, Claritin, one hour before the scheduled landing, and I've been pain-free ever since. I'm not recommending this for a child, of course. I was in my late teens or early 20s when this was recommended to me. Please consult your doctor or Dr. Howard. (laughs) Uh, And again, she's referring to the story I told about uh, uh, Johnny Slapshot, who experienced some discomfort on landing in the Dominican. Uh, she goes on to say, I hope Fred and his family enjoy their vacation, enjoyed their vacation, and Happy New, New Year to you, uh, Fred and Dan, uh, referring to Howard. Okay, that's from Laura Durica, resting heart rate 68, poops regular, Hundy P since 2016. Yeah, we had that talk actually before you went away oh, about, okay. yeah, about the kids and their first mm-hmm. first experience with the pressure. Mm-hmm. And uh, typical humble and Fred listeners, you know, concerned and engaged, and we thank you. Hi guys. Well, subject Hi line: guys. Trump smells. Hi guys. From our uh, regular contributor Martin Lai, and of course he says, "Hi guys." A good topic for when Noel Castler returns is the uh, topic of Trump wearing diapers, as his Adderall addiction has resulted in no sphincter control. A subject we actually started talking about years ago when Noel first came on the program. And the reason it's come up in the news again, and again, I don't think you're aware of this because of your uh, lack of uh, social media. Trump smells or Trump shits himself has become, has started trending again about a month ago. Oh, good. Yeah. And, and everyone was like, it's almost like they rediscovered the fact that Trump is shitting himself all the time. Mm-hmm. But I yeah. felt good about it because I'm like, well, we were, we were way early to the party. Yes. 
Um, uh, shout out to our Prime Minister who yesterday, you know, and I admire this in him. He spoke out again yesterday when asked about, you know, the caucuses there in Iowa. He said, you know, people have got to take a long, hard look at this. This could have dire consequences for Canada if this man is re-elected. Trudeau said that. You know, he could say nothing. Yeah. But he said that. You know, and again, a wake-up call to those people in Canada. And there are too many that are in that, you know, that Trump uh, camp, you know, hoping that he's elected and we could have the same going on up here. Yeah. So just think about that. Again, if you if you still support this guy, you're not paying attention. And uh, that's what the uh, prime minister was talking about yesterday. Uh, just quickly, Martin Lai uh, closes by saying resting heart rate is 76. Little high, Marty. Bowel movements regular without Metamucil, which is good. All right, moving on. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. This uh, says, please come to YouTube from Michael Becker. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hundy P since 91. Wow. It's wow. a long time. That's your 33 years. That's a long time. He says, just a quick note to plead. Uh, please broadcast the podcast on YouTube. And that's all he says. Please broadcast the podcast on YouTube. We've talked about this. You know, I, I don't know. We've had a couple of discussions. This has come up from time to time in our post-Thursday meeting. And I can't remember the last time it came up. But it's, it, it was almost like with Zoom, you have mm. to pick one. You can either live okay. stream it on Facebook or YouTube. And if in order to get it on YouTube as well, we would have to change the meeting platform to something else and was um, anyway halfway through the explanation we all went no we're not doing that so yeah anyway they'd have to change the name to if we were on it they'd have to change the name to you boobs <laughs> <laughs> okay that's a good one hi guys you boobs hi, yeah yeah i got it hi guys <laughs> just a couple of boobs eh? yeah yeah <laughs> you boobs <laughs> say, say it more just a couple of boobs <laughs> why don't you say it more it might get funnier you boobs. <laughs> All right. Uh, is it me? Uh, yeah. All right. Um, this is actually a, a combo from uh, our friend in uh, the West Coast, Mike Hannafin. He uh, okay. writes, he wrote a couple, so I'm just going to like combine them. He says, uh, he starts the first one with, in brackets, assumed sound effect. All right. Hi, guys. He says, am I a bad person for doing a spit take with my orange juice while you recited the Getty Lee's parents wedding joke thread? I'm okay either way. Just let me know. (laughs) And I wrote back, you're a horrible person with a very keen sense of humor. And then uh, he also followed up with, uh, Howard knows what. Vancouver is like when we get two centimeters of snow. I do. Mm-hmm. So they've had 25 centimeters of snow on Wednesday, 28 centimeters at the airport, yeah, which is crazy. Ridiculous for the lower mainland. That's what they call mm-hmm. it. And as he says, our one plow is going to be busy for a while. Uh, I lived there for only a couple of winters, and he's right. They just don't have, well, they probably have the plowing capacity. But they don't have the people with the driving experience. So when they get a dumping like that, it's not just chaos clearing the streets. It's chaos with people driving. 
because because think about it. If you're in Vancouver, you wouldn't have you wouldn't you no. probably wouldn't have snow tires. I don't have them in Toronto. <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> it's because we're only here for a couple weeks in the winter. Well, we've only got about 12 days you need them in Toronto. But anyway, I know what you're saying. And I think in Vancouver, too, uh, I don't know what the long-term forecast is. Like, within a couple of days, it could be 55 degrees, right? And you could be, They could be gone. golfing this weekend. Yeah. But that's a lot of snow. And thank you, Mike Hannafin. Always appreciate it. Hi, guys. And, and great to hear Hi from guys. you. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Subject matter here is Dougie, Dougie the dog from Tanya Hutton. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Fred, you may not be able to walk Dougie in the mall, but Bramley City Center does have an underground parking lot. And if you went by after the show to do laps with Dougie, I'm sure no one would be bothered. Well, see, there's an idea. Cheers, gents. Uh, Tanya, Hundy P. since Voldemort. Uh, that's, uh, yeah, you know, we've had a lot of suggestions. Somebody told us, uh, you know, the Home Depot, they allow dogs. So you do laps there. And uh, a Canadian Tire, I heard. Uh, You're loving to uh, have you. So Dougie's staying with Freddie this week and next week because mm-hmm. uh, Danny is on assignment, as you said yesterday. Mm-hmm. And uh, why don't you tell everyone what time you woke up this morning? Well, he was looking at my face at like 10 to 4 and wanted to go out. I don't know. I took him out at 10 o'clock. I thought, I, you know, I asked Danny the schedule, and he usually takes him out between 10 and 11, and he's good to 6.30. So maybe I, I've i been giving him, you know, little milk bone treats. I don't know if that's the deal or whatever. I'll have to talk to Dan today. But at 10 to 4, he's licking my face. I took him out. And I thought, well, he'll be good until Delise gets up. But no, then he's licking my face like at like 5.20 again, and I took him out. So that's how he tells you he needs to go out? Yeah. That's great. Yeah, look at my face. But and I don't mind because he's such a sweet, sweet soul. This dog, I'm telling you. And he doesn't like the cold. That's what you told me he before hates the, the cold. Hates it. He can't stand out there. But he's such a sweet little guy, and he's so obedient, mm. and he's just a joy to have. And hopefully, over the next few nights, because we've had him for two weeks, this will be corrected. Because you know, a man my age can't be getting up in the middle of the night all the time. <laughs> no. You need your rest. <laughs> you know, this is how heart attacks happen. Uh, all right. This uh, next guys. one is from Hi guys. Hi guys. Sean Martins. Subject line. Welcome back, Fred. Hi, guys. Hold on. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. I was just listening to you guys Monday, and it was nice to hear Howard, Fred, and Dan back together again. Although I did enjoy the shows the previous week with the guest Freds on the show, as always, the show was entertaining. Then he goes on to talk about, I just watched the Chappelle special with my wife, as Howard and various guests have commented on it. He says, I'm not, uh, he says, now I'm a big, he says, now I'm a big Chappelle fan and happen to be a paraplegic. And I thought the handicap bit was hilarious because I can definitely relate. And after all, it is comedy. You shouldn't be offended so easily, which I think is interesting that there you have somebody who is, uh, in a wheelchair that saw the the bit and it's what we talk about so often let me just pause the email for a second where we say lots of times people are offended for other people because they think they're supposed to be even though the people that they're offended for aren't offended yeah yeah so true so true you know so here's a great example of that 
Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, either way, I'll be entertained the rest of this week listening to you guys. Keep it up. I Keep it up. And then he puts some brackets. I just made a Dan Dick pun. <laughs> Resting heart rate, 99. What? Bowel movements, routine. He says, I, I guess I would 99. be. Yeah, I know. It's a little high. I'd say. He says, I guess I would be popular as the paraplegic at the orgy. That's a Chappelle <laughs> reference. And uh, he says, regards, Sean Martins. And we say, bravo, Sean Martins. Fantastic email. You know, Howard, I, I mentioned my mother-in-law is here, is here. Part of the reason is she, um, my daughter Melanie is going to take control of her car because she doesn't want to drive anymore and we're doing some of the paperwork on on the weekend but yesterday I'm out there and I started it up and I'm going over a few things in this nice little car and then I noticed above the the sun visor was a um you know one of those uh parking passes right the the wheelchair wheelchair, yes andy the wheelchair handicap thing (laughs) that was for my father-in-law before he passed away right and i looked at it and i pulled it down and i thought oh lucky mel and then put it back (laughs) and then i'm thinking oh jesus and that was a genuine thought of course it was lucky lucky mel she'll be able to use this thing and then I'm and surprised you didn't take it. Worst, that's probably one of the worst things you can do. <laughs> I know. Oh, well, I'm surprised you didn't say, "Ooh, lucky Fred!" What <laughs> <laughs> stole it? Yeah, exactly. And then do what you do when you walk into a movie theater. You know, you hunch over. Just hunch over. <laughs> drag. Just get out of the car and drag your foot into Sobeys. Something to think about. Exactly. Something to think about. Uh, we got a couple more to go, and then uh, Dan Duran's news, and then we'll meet with uh, Toronto Mike. He'll pop in, and then we'll just wrap this up. Uh, this is uh, a life lesson. Mary uh, Nancy McLeod Elder. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. This is a long one. With the leaves falling yet again this season, I thought I'd share a life lesson I learned from our youngest grandson, Emmett, who was three at the time. He started out a Leafs fan like like his gramps. Well, his older brother, John, and his dad, Farmer Adam, are staunch Hab fans. The only fault of our son-in-law. Uh, Emmett would ask us in the morning after a game, any sport, who won. And when we tell him, he'd exclaim, that's my team. He'd do this every day, and we noted how bloody happy he was. He's never out of sorts because his team, it never loses. Which is great, by the way. (laughs) It is. Uh, She goes on to say, I was a diehard Boston fan because of Bobby Orr, but when he supported Trump, that was it for me. I was done. I tried. I really did to get on the Leaf bandwagon, but that didn't work out too well for me. Uh, So now it's Emmett and uh, Mimi celebrating each and every day the success of our team. Very cute. That's a nice way to be. Yeah. As a retired mental health professional, I have to say this is a a real simple step to mental wellness when it comes to sports. Cheers, Nancy. Thank you for that. That makes sense, though. Like, if if you're if every time you hear the score of a game, you say, that's my team. Well, life's pretty grand. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. Totally agree. Uh, Before I forget, actually, you know what? Before I forget, let me just play this because I have one more email to go. Uh, but first, let's just say the emails today brought to you by Bodog. For my last email, we are on board. Looking for a fast break from working so hard? When you're ready to box out some time for fun, you know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. We make getting the latest basketball odds and free sports tips a slam dunk. 
Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. Okay, last one uh, for the day is from uh, Manny Vargas. Uh, The subject line, a little humor. Hi, guys. Came across this. Sorry. Hi, guys. Came across this and thought of you guys. And I'll play it in a second. He says resting heart rate is 75 BMs every morning like clockwork. Um, I think you've heard this before. It's probably about a 60 second clip of Carlin talking about, <clears throat> excuse me, talking about religion. Mm-hmm. But for people who haven't heard it, I think it's worth it. It's worth the investment in time. It's the uh, great George Carlin talking about, or his thoughts on religion. Religion has convinced people that there's an invisible man living in the sky who watches everything you do every minute of every day. And the invisible man has a list of 10 specific things he doesn't want you to do. And if you do any of these things, he will send you to a special place of burning and fire and smoke and torture and anguish for you to live forever and suffer and burn and scream until the end of time. But he loves you. He loves you. He loves you. And he needs money. <laughs> uh, it's one of my favorite clips of uh, Carlin. You know, uh, if you ever use um, the comparison of like Santa Claus, Easter Bunny, uh, the Tooth Fairy to God, people get mad. They go, oh, that's just ridiculous. You can't make that comparison. But I thought over the Christmas season, like, why not? Just think about that, because I know a young 10 year old who sort of came to the conclusion there's not a Santa Claus. He figured it out. It just didn't make physical sense. Right. And he's 10. And he's 10 years old. And then, I, 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 I honestly, I had this thought. I thought, isn't that something? And he'll be the same way with the Easter Bunny and the Tooth Fairy and all that guy. And we just all accept that because it doesn't make sense. Because it's just such fantasy that it's nonsense. But when it comes to religion, it's maintained. People continue on. Mm-hmm. Even there, all the evidence is there. What nonsense it is. Oh, yeah. And then, then the actual contempt for you if you make that comparison. And I think that's why people who are religious get so upset when you make that comparison because it's so fucking obvious. They don't want you, they don't want you to talk about it. <laughs> well, and, and that's why I've used this uh, recently with you in conversation, why I believe that people who are religious are immature. When I hear yeah. the speaker of the, the third in line <laughs> in the U.S. government talk about religion and his, his whole world is this book, mm-hmm. I think you immature little idiot. Like, yeah. Because a, a 10-year-old can figure out there is no Santa Claus, the mythology is just that. It's a nice little fantasy for children Mm -hmm. until you grow up and realize, like I did, like a lot of people did, well, this is all just nonsense. This is why, you know, I call it the Sky Muppet because, like Carlin said there, so you're supposed to believe all of that thing, all the things he just said and live your life by it. Uh And that's why I say people who are like that, it's it's because you're, you're so immature that you're turning over your... The, the way you uh, behave to some fantasy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. How do, but the, but so that the ten year old has figured it out, but your the other one still still no. Listen, I've had it said to me when I so come on, like you know, don't go there. It's like, well, okay, I can't help but go there <laughs> because that's the way I see it. Yeah. Like but but but, but but your second grandkid still believes in Santa Claus. Yeah. Well, great. Mm, yeah. Until right. one day they right. do the math and go, wait a second. Mm-hmm. So you're saying this guy goes to every house around the world in one night? Yes. But but And that's unbelievable. But mm-hmm. we're supposed to believe that there was this guy that did all these things 2,000 years ago. I, my, my latest mm-hmm. thing, as I've said to anyone that will listen to me, which is very few, it's becoming shrewd, mm-hmm. is so there was no religion until 6,000 years ago. So where was God before that? Just no. hanging out, you know? Um, yeah. we, we have and, and the fact that, you know, and... We're not supposed to believe the Santa Claus thing. You know, it's just, again, a fantasy. But we're supposed to believe that a god had a hand in the Green Bay Packers upset over the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday. Like, please spare me that. And again, when these athletes do it, you just like to grab them by the shoulders and say, what are you talking about? No, I know. telling me that God doesn't like the guy? We've, we've said it all before. And sometimes people who I respect, actors, comedians, whatever, singers, yeah. when, they, when, when they defer to the Almighty and they thank God at an awards ceremony or something, I just lose respect for them. Um, yeah, we're supposed to believe that God cares about abortion and gays. And come on, <laughs> uh, we do have a lot of business to take care of because we have just... We've just been rambling here nonstop, and so let's get to uh, some of these fine people that support this program. The Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. That's what it is. You can get a free quote today. You know, from time to time, ta- time to time, time to time, we have Brent. <laughs> time to time. We have Brett Tanner on to talk about, you know, and I'm sure we're going to have him on soon, about how, you know, they often update the program to stay ahead of the curve. We've, we've described it as progressive, and they are. It's You become part of the chamber plan, and you can always depend on them offering the products you need uh, for your employees, for you as the head of your company. A small benefits package, be it, you know, prescriptions and dental and travel insurance and therapies, and they have an HR component, now a real-time mental health uh, line. It's It really is something, and all... Very much affordable for a small business. There's different levels you can buy into. They've done a great job of holding the line on pre, uh, the premiums traditionally. You can, uh, it's there to be seen. Take the time today. Go to chamberplan.ca and get a free quote. <laughs> I, you know, I used to love that Cindy Lauper song, Heim After Heim. <laughs> From Heim to Heim. Uh, it's time now to talk about your mortgage. Uh, you may have heard Mike Kazarian on our show the other day talking about the ridiculous number of mortgages in Canada that are coming due this year and next, by the way. Like, it's millions of them. And uh, it maybe if you thought about, you know, getting ahead of this, most people just do what I've done. Now, I've never used a mortgage broker. I don't know why I should have, because you just sort of go to your bank and go, okay, how do you want me to do it this time? But now you can do something different. Mike Kazarian, one of the broker owners of Lenders Mortgage, Lenders Choice Mortgages, independently owned and operated, member of the Mortgage Alliance License 13582. They created Lenders Choice because they understand that the mortgage application process can be frustrating. They know they can build a better process for their clients, which they would like you to be one. Lenders want to work with them because of their experience, knowledge, and efficiency. 
They provide not only to the client, but also to their lender partners. What they do in your, on your behalf is they go to over 75 lenders. So most of us, as I describe, you just go to your bank, you go, how do you, how do you want to handle this? Uh, how do you want to bone me this time? But in Lender's Choice with Mike Kazarian, they shop it around. They don't have any preference to any one lender. They work with lenders that make the most sense for you to achieve your goals. Banks, credit unions, monoline lenders, alternative lenders, and private lenders, they'll find a solution for all your mortgage financing needs. So do it. If you want to support our program and do something for yourself, make a change this year and maybe save some money, Go to LendersChoice.ca. Look for Mike Kazarian at LendersChoice.ca. I uh, have lately been uh, having the uh, news on during my meal prep. I was watching a lot of CNN and such. And, uh, you know, we came out of uh, the Iowa caucuses still thinking, you know, who are these people that are you know, voting for Trump. But as it's been pointed out, and maybe you caught some of this, that it's not quite as overwhelming as Trump would have you believe. Like the numbers in Iowa, yeah, he basically got all the Trumpy MAGA people, but as a percentage of the Iowa voters, it wasn't as impressive as it sounded like because he got 50% of the Republican people that could caucus, whatever the fuck that means. I think it was only 100,000. Yeah, Votes were cast or something. So we got 50,000 of those or whatever. You know, who knows? Just unbelievable. There he was yesterday in a trial where he had already been convicted, found liable of sexually abusing, assaulting a woman. Yeah. He's mouthing off in court and... And as they say, it's all a show, right? Because whenever he makes these court appearances, he seems to get a bump from his base or he gets a bump in the in the poll. So, yeah. So he's actually using that stuff to his benefit yeah, sexually. He, you know the details of that? He took her in that room and he forced his fingers into her vagina. Yeah. That was the story. That's his move. And he was he was found liable for that, guilty of that. Right. And so again, all these Bible thumpers loving him. The evangelicals are what what his base is. Like you can't begin to like it's just too much. It's mind numbing. And, and, and the it fact is. That the, the thing is, he he's he, he lies so much. He lies so much about her and about the judge and about all of this. You know, even as much as this, like he's saying, like, in this particular trial, which is basically just to see, it's a defamation trial. It's a civil trial. No, there's no reason he has to be there. He there, There's. It, it's not necessary in the in the criminal trial. He. um he, he, you might want to have your uh, guy there, but in this particular case, you don't need him there. But he's making it seem that the judge won't delay the trial for him to go to Melania's mother's funeral today, like he gives a fucking shit. You're right. Yeah, yeah, which is such a scam. But he's making it seem to his audience, the base is idiotic mm-hmm. mega base, that he again is beating, being treated unfairly. Because the judge won't delay the trial. But even the judge is like, you don't need to be here. He's only mm-hmm. there to put on a show. So go ahead and miss the trial. You don't, as a, as a defendant in this trial, you, there's not necessary for you to be in this courtroom. 
But uh, again, it's just a giant, giant lie. But you're right. He flings so much at the wall that after a while you can't keep up with it. So you yeah. become numb to it. And if you're, you know, evil at heart, you still support him. Again, a guy we know who is a big Trumper. I saw something that he had on social media last week, a, a retweet or a reax of Trump has never been found guilty of anything. Well, that's wrong. We just it talked is wrong. about what he was found. He was found guilty of his university scam, ripping off students. The trial he in New found- York he was found guilty of. The fraud trial. He's found guilty. Now they're just determining how much he has to pay. No, exactly. No, I know. And the university scam. Stealing from a charity they were found guilty of. So the thing is, if you, if you, you know, subscribe to a certain um, form of media, and they're never, ever, ever mentioning that or telling you that. Right. So what kind of a pinhead are you, really, that you would actually retweet that like it's the gospel? So you're, you're either aware of it and you want to promote the big lie, or you're just living in, in a cave. I don't know. And that's what a lot of that is. I mean, like even on Fox News, they had a, a story about what happened in the court yesterday. Not once did they mention that he had already been found guilty or liable for the actual charges at hand. They didn't mention that at all. No, no. And, yeah. and because it doesn't fit the narrative. And that's why I was thinking about you uh, telling me when uh, Dennis Miller was on with uh, Hannity. I wanted to go find it. Because yeah. so rarely on that stupidity network does mm-hmm. anyone actually break. You know, mm-hmm. there's a term in uh, the theater called break or in television calling break breaking the fourth wall, where an actor or a participant will address the audience or the camera. Mm-hmm. That so rarely happens on that network where the where where somebody breaks the the spell of bullshit. Right. This fucking bubble of bullshit they all live in where somebody would say, yeah, he's not a very nice guy. He's got a bunch of fucking orange makeup on his face. Mm-hmm. Like, that's basic. Yeah. And that's what Dennis Miller did. The yeah, which is it great. Caught Han- it caught Hannity off guard because, you, you know, you don't go there. Right. And obviously he just he thought Dennis Miller, who had taken a conservative turn some years ago, but is totally backed off entertainment, the media, everything. He just wants to enjoy the rest of his life. Right. Peace. He went off on Trump on the Hannity show. It was great. All like funny stuff. Like as you mentioned, his his skin and his <laughs> and and his behavior. It was something. You know, the um I'm gonna play a clip here. Where is it? Trump does this thing where I, I had you know what I, I apologize. I had it I had it ready. I had it ready and now I can't find it. But oh, Okay, it's 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 you know because they always talk about Biden and being old, mm-hmm. and um, and all that and uh, but Trump which he is, which he is, mm-hmm. um, but Trump also appears at times like I've seen this before where you know he's reading off the prompter, mm-hmm. and again I don't know if this is the clip he's reading off the prompter, and. And then he, he gets he starts to stumble, kind of like I am now. And then he starts bullshitting over it. Oh, here it is. I got the clip now. Okay. But just listen to what he does. So he's, he's on his way to saying something. He gets screwed up on the prompter because he can't read very well. And then he tries to cover it up by going off script. So just listen to when it happens. But we're also going to place strong protections to stop banks and regulators from trying to debank you from your... 
you know, you, you're political. See, okay, that's the point in the script where you can see where he, he got confused and then he starts talking about something that has nothing to do with it. You want to talk about an addled brain. But we're also going to place strong protections to stop banks and regulators from trying to debank you from your, you know, your, your political beliefs, what they do. They want to debank you and we're going to debank. Think of this. They want to take away your rights. They want to take away your country. The things you're doing, all electric cars, give me a break. If you want an electric car, good. But they don't go far. They're very expensive. They're going to be made. So, he, so there you go. Like, what kind of fucking... There's your guy. There's your guy. So he goes from the... He gets fucked up on the script from debanking, which I don't even know if it is, is a word. What is that? Exactly. <laughs> but he gets fucked up on the script. Then he goes off script. Then he starts, oh, they want to take away... He goes right back to, they want to take away your rights. Who's that? And then yeah. he starts talking about electric cars. Uh-huh. And, and that's the kind of thing that Fox never, ever uh, gets engaged with. Well, you know, here's the thing, too. Evangelicals make, a big, make up a big part of his base. That, that whole deep state thing, too, that's a fantasy. Oh, yeah. Because it really, you know, the way they believe it, it does not exist. Like, who is this? Like, where are they? Where is this room where they're sitting down in the deep state and doing all these horrible things that Donald Trump talks about? Yeah. Is the structure of the government, does it have its flaws? Of course. Is there big problems? Yes. But this whole deep state thing is almost like a religion to these people, right? They buy into a religion. They'll buy into that. Yeah. And it's weird. It's really weird. Well, and it kind of, just to, to tie it up, because we have an interview coming up here in a second, but to tie it up, it, it, you mentioned it's like a religion to them. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I know we've had this discussion either here or on the phone or whatever, but if you think about the people that are most sucked in by this, they're also the people that are most sucked in by religion. Mm-hmm. They're, they're used to having, you know, we could name some of those religious leaders, uh, whatever, Mm-hmm. Joel Olstein. So to, to them, Trump is just like that kind of a vibe. And and I, you know, I, I heard some. You know, I played the clip the other day of the woman who believes that you know that Joe Biden is being played by an actor. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not saying all of them are like that, but yeah, there's no Democrats that are like that. They don't believe that Joe. They don't believe that the president is being played by a, an old actor from the movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh. All right, we're going to switch gears here, as we do from time to time. We have a program that's, you know, some of it's comedic, some of it's silly, some of it's uh, political commentary, and uh, some of it is uh, what we're about to experience now, which is a chance to talk to an author. Let me make sure Nick uh, is getting on here. Nick uh, Inus. There he is. This will be interesting. Be interesting. Humble and Fred Interesting. Uh, let's make sure we can get Nick uh, and his Zoom uh, link to work. And Nick, are you there? Can you hear me? I can hear you. There you go. Hey, guys. Hey, Nick. I'm Howard. That's Fred. Welcome to the show. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. It's great to be among the legends of radio. What can oh, I say? Well, stop it. L- listen, when you find those legends of radio, let us know how they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fair enough. Fair. Nick Inus is the founder and CEO of Fusion Corp Developments in Toronto and author author of Building Toronto's Skyline, um, which you, uh, what is it, did you, yeah, along with uh, Charles M. 
Woods, Wordsworth has come to market. Let's just get right to it. The, uh, the book is called uh, Building the Toronto Skyline. What is that all about? Well, it, it talks a little bit about, uh, you know, how condos came into being, a little bit of the history of the condo specifically in Toronto, Canada. So basically that's about it in a nutshell. Well, Nick, uh, yeah, it says, traces the evolution of the city's iconic residential towers from the humble beginnings in the late 19th century. I often send, my son lives uh, in a condo right beside the Rogers Center, and I often, when I come across them, send him pictures of, like, the late 60s. Where where you live now, this is what it looked like. Mm-hmm. And um, for somebody that grew up in the city or somebody that now lives in the city, that evolution to see in pictures for example, is, is pretty fascinating. It is amazing. And you can see a lot of the, the growth in Toronto occurred in the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, something. And key legislation is uh, is a uh, precursor to the explosive growth we had in the last 20 years. So I'm, uh, I'm born and raised in Toronto as well. And I particularly, like, you know, I'm 50 years old. I was born in uh, 1973. So I, I saw like this right after the the early I graduated from Ryerson uh, as a, in architecture in around 1997 that's actually when condos started taking off so you'll notice that in the last uh, 20 25 years we've had this um, like amazing construction of condos in the city and the city looks like you got to admit it looks quite a, quite amazing so. oh, well you know I moved here in 1989. And I remember looking from west to east at the Sky Dome, Rogers Center, and there was nothing in front of it. And then, as you said, as things evolved, that, that, that land that Fred's son's condo is on, which is basically just a little bit west of Spadina. And I've, I've, I've said this to Freddie before. Do you remember what that was? Remember when they put that little golf course there? Mm-hmm. It was, do you remember that, that was Nick? City, city place. That was city, city place. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And they, as a placeholder, they put the little golf course there. Now, when you drive west to east, as I often do, because I still live in the city, you can't see the dome anymore for all it's those buildings. Full, it's, full of, it's full of condos everywhere you go. So, so, and, I, so and I think we're starting to look like uh, a little bit more like New York City in, mm-hmm. in a sense. Uh, with the massive uh, condo construction that's been happening. So what is your position on that? Because I've heard people, when you drive along the garden or through the city, either way now, it's almost like a canyon of condos. Um, You know, there's some people that don't mind. Others have a problem with that because it sort of cuts off the lake. What's your position on that? Well, I'm... Honestly, I'm I love building, so mm-hmm. you're you're talking to a very biased individual. <laughs> right. But uh, I I love condominiums and I think it's an incredible thing. So every time I go on that Gardner Expressway and I'm driving, you know, east or from mm-hmm. the east or from the west, it's just an incredible in terms of what I see. It's it's just awesome. That's what I think. Um, Another thing, uh, the book looks at the early low-rise apartments built to provide affordable housing for working-class families in the city's rapidly growing urban areas. I made that reference this morning, you know, along Lawrence Avenue, Eglinton Avenue, all those four and five, three, four and five-story apartment buildings that are a real signature on this city, too, because, again, they're everywhere, and some of them have got to be 70 years old. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's that was basically your your precursor to the condo. So, you know, condos weren't actually uh, you know legal until eight. Uh, sorry, nineteen sixty seven. Mm-hmm. Wow. First, the first apart- major apartment building was built in eighteen ninety nine, which was the St. George Mansard Mansion mm-hmm. on uh, One Harbor Street. Uh, we we really didn't start building major condos until the 80s because of slow growth and economic, uh, you know, depression sort of in the or recession, I should say, in the 70s. And, uh, you know, with the Greenbelt legislation and uh, in, in the early 2000s, really what made Toronto take off. But the early those are great examples of early uh, apartment uh dwellings and uh, and they're you know they're they're testament to our city's history and uh you know as time progresses you see that needs change and now housing is a big issue at the forefront today yeah and right. talking about so nick um you've wrote you've written this book obviously and and as a guy that's an architect you know, your company fusion developments and uh but so what so you think what do what do you two things what do you want people to get from the book and then what do you think is the future for people in terms of housing? Are condos the way to go because of the fact that it's almost impossible for a young, you know, couple now to buy a house in this uh, city? Yeah, well, I, what I'd like people to get from the book is that you you actually understand that the the, the issues of the day back in uh, the early 1900s were very similar to what we're up against today. So uh, you know, so you we always look to history to find out what happened and we use history to learn about our future too so we there's many examples of of uh so i want people to learn about generally the history of condos that's that's what i generally want them to learn about but i also want them to see that we uh, we are always you know look for or build for the needs of uh, everyday canadians uh in immigration has always been a key to uh, spur housing construction in in Canada. So we want to see. We want to basically look at the past, study the past to understand the present, and look to the future as well. And maybe you know, in in uh, in looking to the future, we may want to build things that are more adaptable, things that we can change overnight if we have not overnight, but very quickly if we have to, as as needs and. And uh, and uh, populations change and 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 stuff like that. So that's that's what I want to want to see. Well, let's look at uh, changing how we uh, think of these buildings. Okay, because we do a lot of uh, building conversions too. So we'll take an old church or an old school, we'll convert it to condos. Now, was anyone thinking when I'm building this church or I'm building this old school that in a hundred years from now we're mm. going to convert it to condos? No. But maybe it's something we can think about in the future as technology develops. I know my wife and I have an ongoing battle. She wants to buy an old church and renovate it. I don't. Mm. Um, really? Anyway, that's is that. For, well, tell us more. <laughs> tell us more about the ongoing battles. But that's what Fusion Core does. It. I imagine. You know, we got an issue too in the city with all this office space that maybe is not being used going forward since yeah. COVID. So even that can become housing as well, right? And I had a Nick. Nick, uh, I had a question for in, in, in buildings that you're converting and these buildings that are going up more and more and you made a good point about the changing needs of a society when some of these buildings were built and conceived of people didn't need electric vehicle charging uh ports that's also becoming an issue and how does uh how does that play into the development of new uh, buildings 
Well, I mean, I, in every new condo now, we're making provisions for charging stations. So right. uh, every developer in the condo industry th- these days are, are basically either roughing it in, or providing the infrastructure for it. So to enable the condo owners to in- implement or install charging stations later. So on every project that we're working on now and in the future, you, you'll see that provision being made for. Well, because it's, it's yeah, it's going to have to be because some high percentage already of people have uh, electric vehicles, myself included, but also the mandate in the government by 2035, all new vehicles. So people like you and people at, uh, you know, at Fusion Court, Authors and developers, look at you, Nick. Uh, you're going to have to be thinking about those things uh, because people who are going to want those buildings are going to have those cars. Yeah, I mean, you have to be. You have to think for the needs of the future. You have to be ready for all these trends that are coming up uh, right now, including sustainability issues. So all of these issues right now, you, you're as a developer, as uh, construction managers that we are as well. Uh, we are you, we have to be at the forefront of all the new uh, exciting things that are happening in the world, and we have to be right on top of all those issues. Right on, excellent. I would, yeah, I know. I'd like to see this book. I wish I'd have got an advanced copy. Actually, mm, yes. Are you talking about uh, building Toronto's skyline? What, yeah. Why don't you do what I, you I love that old. I love that stuff. But why don't you do what you normally do, mm. like you and I normally? Wait till the movie comes out. From Bill, when they, when they, when That's they. Right. they are you guys uh, asking to join a partnership or something like yes, that? Yes, that's what we are. Yes, we want to yes. be partners with you. Mm-hmm. You know, did All you right. hear that uh, humble Fred and Nick are developing mm-hmm. a movie, uh, Toronto, building Toronto's skyline, starring it's- Dan Duran. Yeah, as long as the buy-in is cheap, that's all, Nick. <laughs> that's right. Hey, the buy-in is hey, cheap. I'll make it equal part. Hey, Nick, you should know that our our middle name is Sweat Equity. We we put up nothing except our goodwill. Uh, yeah, right. If we knew you better, we would do a, a very bad joke. But yes, the building Toronto skyline, starring the great Dan Duran, uh, as a movie project. Um, what else do you want great. people to know about Fusion Development, uh, Fusion Core Development? Uh, yeah, well, it's Fusion Corp Development. So we uh, started that company as a construction management company, nice. and we our clients are basically uh, condo developers, uh, newer condo developers. We specialize in a mid-rise type project. Uh, we are uh, right now. It's interesting. We're doing like what's called uh, a total precast uh, structural system, and uh, what we want to do is that that enables you to get get out to the the market quicker it's a fast uh install and uh yeah we're we're doing a lot and i think a lot of people are looking at rental housing as being uh you know something that people are interested in right now mm-hmm. so so yeah we're we're excited we're building all types of projects like stacked townhouses uh, uh yeah. mid-rise condos uh we've done uh, actually con- building conversions like i said I purchased an old jailhouse, uh, jail and a courthouse, wow. uh, with my wife, and we're doing a, uh, we're turning it into an event venue. In hey, Owen you should Town. talk. You should yeah. talk to Doll about that. Say, listen, forget the church. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to buy. We're going to buy the Brampton Jail and turn it into <laughs> an event space. Hey, listen, you know, man. I'll sell it to you guys. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, of course okay. you would. Um, mm-hmm. Listen, man. It was great talking to you. I hope you had a good experience, Nick Anus, Inus, founder and CEO Hi. of Fusion Corp. Yeah, um, and hopefully this won't be the last time we talk. If you had a good time, we'd have you back again anytime. Yeah, feel free. I'd love to talk more about condos anytime, and uh, 
be happy to rejoin you guys at any time. Well, Thank Nick, we've got, we've got the kind of go audience next. here that, you know, listen, we've already got somebody in the world of finance. We've got somebody in the world of mortgages. What we, what we don't have is a big-time author and real estate developer. Mm-hmm. Well, happy to join you guys anytime. It was well, a pleasure. Art, well, you know what? Let me let me get somebody from the sales department to reach out. I just happen <laughs> to know I happen to know somebody in the management of that uh, sector of Humble and Fred Radio. Nick, we'll be talking to you soon, my friend. Thanks, guys. Okay, buddy. Good to see you. Nice to meet you. Yeah, hopefully going away. Yeah, yeah, at the beginning of this, you said uh, the Humble and Fred legends. Hopefully it didn't turn out to be bitterly disappointing for you. No, I had a great time, actually. You guys are fun, and uh, maybe we get to know each other. We can insult each other a little bit more. Seriously. (laughs) We love insults. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Building Toronto's Skyline is the book that Nick would like you to go read. And Fusion Corp Developments is Nick's company. Thanks, Nick. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Hey, buddy. Take it easy. There we go. Of course, you know what I was thinking when I was talking about Dan Duran, right? Oh, of course. Yes. Dan Duran the way yesterday's show you know (laughs) no no too soon (laughs) not yet oh what let Nick go away for a bit oh I'm sorry yeah no no let some let some time breathe before we (laughs) get into that well that made me laugh all day (laughs) um no I guess Dan Duran starring as Toronto's iconic CN Tower Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh you got any more uh, business for me there brother yeah, let's, uh, you know, it's Thursday, it's our last day of the week, and we won't talk again until after the divisional playoffs on the weekend, football I'm talking, NFL, Baltimore, and a nine and a half point pick over the Houston uh, Texans, San Francisco, a big nine point favorite over the Green Bay Packers, the Lions, uh, minus six over Tampa Bay. I'm interested in that game because, you know, I feel something for the Lions after what they've been through uh, over yeah. the years. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'll watch some of that game. And your Buffalo Bills, as I mentioned yesterday, a three-point pick over the Kansas City Chiefs. Really a toss-up when you consider home field advantage. And, of course, where do I get these odds? Where do I get these numbers? I get them from Bodo. Uh, whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker or a casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment from their industry-leading odds, world-class sports book, and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book. Yeah, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. That's Bodog. And uh, Dan Duran's news today brought to you by Boron One. Boron One. You know, we've been talking this week once again about the nature of the mineral that is boron and all the various things it's in. How about construction, Dan Duran, when used as a treatment for construction materials? Boron is in things such as wood, plastic, bricks, pipes, and wires. Boron also helps to protect from mold, fungus, and insects. Uh, It's found in ceramic tiles, Daniel. Wow. It's found in the porcelain enamel used on your sink. It's also found in refrigerators, pots, and pans. It's also in heat-resistant cookware, Daniel. It's in me. I'm sure a boron's in me somewhere, right? Sure. <laughs> it's in a, It's in everything, Dan. And um, we'd like you to check out the company that is about to produce 
some boron, which is very, very unusual. It's a junior mining company, and about one in a thousand gets to the uh, place that boron is at right now, which is just a few years, within the next couple of years, from possibly getting the boron mine going. And now might be a good time to check out the company. Boron1.com. That is boron1.com. Uh, trading under the symbol bone. <laughs> did you did you say it fights fungus? Is that what you said? Well, I said that um, boron in uh, in construction material helps to protect protect from mold, fungus, and mm. insects. Yes, I should put some under my toenails. <laughs> yes, you should. Hey, yeah. Oh yeah. So let me get you some. <laughs> let me get you some. Let me get you some uh, toe fungus boron. What did you just say, Dan? Gross. 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 And because nothing. Somehow I just started thinking about Fred's toes. Listen, Mm -hmm. Dan Duran is the only human being I've ever met that has zero wrong with him. He has (laughs) nothing wrong with him. He has no fungus. There's no hair in weird places. Nothing ever happens to him. He really is. He's like a pixie. He's like a (laughs) giant man pixie. Everything is just wonderful. No problems. But yeah, I, we're going to change all that. Yeah. <laughs> we're, one day, here's the thing. I'm Fred and I at least have been breaking down slowly over time. <laughs> one day, it's going to be one day or it's going to explode. Toe fungus, ear hair, shitting yourself, cock doesn't work anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's coming, Dan. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, Sooner than you think. No. Are you all done, by the way, Fred? Are you, are you, yes. Okay, uh-huh. me too. All right. Well, then let's get to uh, Dan Duran's news. Hang on. Hold it right there. Hold it right there. Getting ready for Dan Duran's news today brought to you by Boron One. Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Huh. Dan Duran, the anchorman, comes as for credentials, he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here, he's prone to falling off his chair, but he's got a big wang, so he don't care, and his voice is nice and low. My voice is nice and low. And now live from Mr. and Mrs. Duran's home, the matrimonial home. Where right now, Lisa's probably getting ready uh, after a wonderful sleep next to her husband, Dan Duran. Dan Duran, of course, doing his chores later. And maybe sometime this afternoon, they'll have a little nap together, like a grown-up man-woman nap. Afterwards, Lisa will bake a pie. (laughs) Wow. She's loving this. uh, Oh, yeah. Loving this description of our relationship. Sure she is. Okay, okay, so Dan like, Duran, he's all off. What's that, Freddie? There's more. This sort of fits now. Um, I saw a story this morning. This out of Milton, Florida. Ah. Right? The 64-year-old guy um, got into a relationship with this 59-year-old woman. She became his fiance. Plans for marriage. She had all these big plans. They're gonna have, you know, they were gonna have people uh, to this ceremony. They're gonna have the reception, and he's going along with it, knowing he can't afford it at all. And then 
Uh, it got to the point where she said, we need money for this stuff. He writes her a check for $15,000 knowing it's going to bounce. So she goes out and spends it. He freaks out. When she comes home, he kills her. <laughs> this is a true story. He's, he was so upset. He was so preoccupied. He was so freaked out by having to pay for this wedding to get out of it. He killed her. When the cops come, he admitted it all. He said, yeah. He said she was into this wedding thing. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't afford it. I killed her. Yeah. So all he'd I have to say be, is... He'd rather go to jail. Yeah, all I have to say is, Lisa, get out of the house. <laughs> get out. Right. Well, you still can. Uh, all right. Let's get serious now because it's Dan Duran right. time. Live from a beautiful home in Peterborough. Here's what's going to happen. She'll end up dead and Dan will take everything. <laughs> Probably the other way around. <clears throat> What do you mean? You'll end up dead and she'll just keep everything? <laughs> keep yeah. all the things she already has? Here, ladies and gentlemen, is movie anchorman and wonderful fellow, a hail fellow, well met. Here's Dan. Okay. Gray. Sell your cigarettes, which uh, you may have not looked at recently if you're a non-smoker because they're behind the, behind the wall in the, uh, in the stores. Yeah. The packaging photos have been updated. Uh... About the long-term effects, right? And you, the, the, the old pictures were just not graphing enough. So the new pictures in are just amazing. Like the, the one of the neck, if you look it up, the one for the, the neck cancer is just gross as anything. The other interesting thing is that all the cigarettes uh, will have a, 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 an actual text message on each one of them. Like cigarettes cause impotence or cigarettes cause cancer or cigarettes destroy organs or something like that. So there's a whole, a series. So each cigarette will have writing on it. Yeah. Okay. This this is, um, uh, starting on January 31st and they're required to stock, stock them in packs. All the retails will have them, uh, on their shelves by October. I'm sorry, April 30th. Yeah. Do you think those packages have ever really no. been a detriment? Like, again, yeah, I'm that was not a smoker. Pardon me? I'm just going to say the exact same thing. Like, do you even see it? You probably don't even consciously see the pictures, right? You just get your smoke, you open up, and, like, the picture's there, but is it really having any impact on you? Like, this is a perfect example, and I get why they have to do it as a former yeah. smoker. It's all about government regulation and appearing... To do yeah. something, because appear, but yes. because not doing something is what would appear to be uh, irresponsible. Mm-hmm. But I was going to say what you said. Not a single smoker, myself included, was ever dissuaded by the following three things: the cigarettes behind a wall. Like that's always thought. I was always thought that was stupid. Like I'm coming mm-hmm. there to buy cigarettes, but if I can't see them, maybe I won't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Number two, the pictures of diseased gums and sad yeah. boners and shitty lungs on a package of cigarettes never dissuaded a smoker. Not one. It's, almost, it's not like a smoker walks in and goes, you know, I, I was going to have a cigarette today, but wow, that those mm-hmm. fucking teeth. That This is the moment where I decide not to. Now, maybe subliminally there's some effect, but what Dan just brought up, like how ridiculous. I'd smoke right through those messages. <laughs> Of course. Yeah. You know? Like, It'd be fuck. fun to watch the words disappear. Exactly. Um, but somebody yeah, thought I, this was an idea that they should do for some reason, regulatory-wise, to dissuade people from smoking. Yeah, because they they still want those tax dollars, which are huge. 
Because as this uh, smoking population decreases, which apparently it does, it has, um, you know, they raise the price because they want to keep those... uh, they want to get, they need those tax dollars. That's a great point. And they'll point. pretend that the price is a detriment too, and really it's the tax dollars. Uh, again, it never has been. I remember every smoker listening has probably had this conversation with themselves or others. Oh, you know, when it gets to $5 a pack, I'll quit. It, well, I don't even know what it is now. Is it $15 a pack? 20 bucks a pack? There's not a number. I mean, I, I know somebody that still smokes like a regular pack and a half a day, whatever, pack a day smoker. And what they do is they go and get them from the reservation. Yes. They go to Brantford because it's yep. worth it to drive bags there. bags of them. And they buy cartons of them. But in the regular everyday world, I don't know what the 7-Eleven is selling cigarettes for, but even that, even that amount of money wouldn't dissuade somebody from giving it up. Right. Yeah. I used to be that way with my hookers. I used to say, once they oh, get yeah. to five bucks, I'm out. I'm out. When I first met you, you would be like, hey, oh, I'll, yeah. go, I'll go for a $50, $50 hooker. And now, look, at you can't get it. You, all you get are hags no. at 50 bucks. No, no. You know, a man has his pride. <laughs> I just checked it out. Do it's do like uh, oh, Wait, wait, 12. Dan. Dan when, when Dahl, after the show, I'm going to call Dahl and say, did you hear that Fred... Had a had a hooker uh, limit back in the day. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dan. Please continue with you yeah. trying to make sense of all of this. Well, I just saying that the, in Ontario, the cost of a package is uh, twelve forty eight on average, and in Alberta, it's thirteen forty nine for. I thought a, it was way more than that. Wow. I had heard 20 bucks. Maybe that's for a pack of maybe, pack. Yeah, how about this? Maybe those, Dan, because they, they've now separated, since I stopped smoking years ago, they separated, there's premium brands like Players, and then there's the less premium brands. I'll bet you those are just the entry-level, you know, shitty ones. Yeah, the kill you quickers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pack of 25, typically costs between 11 and 16 bucks. Okay, so wow. the premium ones are $16. Imagine that. Um, but think about it. You know, people have a people have think nothing of spending five or six dollars on a on a, uh, on a premium coffee at Starbucks. Well, well, listen. You know, people go. I can't afford a vacation, but I can afford sixteen dollars a day, seven days a week, three hundred and sixty five dollars yeah. a year. Really, think about that. Well, think about you know. I, I've done the math on cigarettes many many times over my lifetime. Just what you said. But I did in the early days of my nut drinking. I calculated what I was spending on alcohol every week. Mm-hmm. And it, was, it wasn't tens of dollars. Like I was spending, especially because I would buy nice bottles of wine. And on a typical weekend, I could easily spend $100 on three or four bottles of wine, going to the bar, having some martinis. So if you're thinking about spending 100 or $150 a week on booze, what are you saving? Think, that's a, it's even bigger than cigarettes. Mm-hmm. And what if you like to smoke while you're boozing? Exactly. And what about heroin? Remember, I remember as a young man when heroin was more affordable. Should put warning labels on heroin. Dan, if we're being real, think about the money. Okay, I won't involve you in this. You were going to make another point, Dan. I was just going to say that we've come a long way in our society since the days in the 50s where doctors recommended smoking. While smoking, exactly. While smoking, yeah. So that's changed, but our society has had a big shift. And, you know, the the approaches to smoking, uh, regulating smoking has helped. I mean... It's people have become more aware of what can happen, and and it may not prevent a smoker from smoking, but it may deter people from starting 
yes. smoking, right? Yeah. So that, that's that's why I said I, I will acknowledge there's a subliminal effect of those nasty teeth on a package of cigarettes. It has to be. Yeah. And, uh, but do you agree, like, uh, I think in New Zealand, they have a law now where uh, at a certain generation, you can't buy cigarettes in a store. So I don't know what the, the cutoff so, well, is. Well, same in, in Canada. You can't, under a certain age, they won't sell you cigarettes. Yeah. No, you but know, it's a generation. It moves with a generation. You can't, if, if you were born past a certain, anybody born this date and beyond can't buy cigarettes in a store. That's yeah, they'll, the, they'll still get them. It's like weed or whatever. I, I think a good detriment would be is that, um, like yesterday or the day before, I'm in Sobeys, and this young girl walks by me, and she just stinks like cigarettes. Yeah. Call them out and say, do you, know you, do you know how you smell? You pretty young woman who has so much going for you, you walk by me, you stink like a fucking cigarette. Yeah. Did you say, you'll, it's you'll never be a hooker if you smell like that. Yeah. But really... <laughs> That alone should be a detriment to people. Yeah, but it's not. The reason is because they smelling like that. Because you can't smell it. Yeah. (laughs) You're not getting my five bucks. You're not getting my hooker money. (laughs) Dan, listen, I remember when a guy could afford an eight ball. (laughs) Hey, uh, Toronto Mike's here. Speaking of eight balls. Hey. Hey. Where's Toronto Mike's theme? Hang on. Here it is. Here it is, ladies and gentlemen, the legend. You want to talk about the true legend of podcasting, ladies and gentlemen. It's... uh, Plus his hair is just bananas. Are you? I think you should actually let it get a little bit like, almost like dreads, because it's starting to look like that. You know, you guys talk about Dan Duran. He's perfect. Nothing wrong with him, but he did drag a chainsaw over his face. Yeah, like like thirty years ago, whenever yeah, that was. That wasn't 20. him. Yeah, it was somebody else. Somebody mm-hmm. else chainsawed his face. Yeah, I put my face in the way of the chainsaw. And the weird thing is, of the of the three of us, not you, Mike, because you're you know obviously very handsome. But of you know the three of us, he had a chainsaw on his face. But we look like the ones that were disfigured. <laughs> Just think though, if the if that chainsaw had been a little different position or just swung up a different way and really, really got him, and Dan's sitting there right now, like with a mangled nose, maybe just two holes there or something, how different his life would be. Oh yeah. Just think, you know, his credits for movie and television would not be what they are unless they were looking for a guy with no nose. Yeah. Character actor, character, character actor, or... actor. Yes, maybe he could have been in Game of Thrones. Yes. Yeah, but Dan would have been so lucky because they would have had to like take some graft from somewhere else on his body. Oh, right. So he would be like Dan Duran Dicknose. <laughs> his nose would be fine. That's right. There'd be plenty of skin left over for Dan Duran's nose. That guy's nose looks like a cockhead. Yeah. That, that guy's nose, his, his nose cock is bigger than my normal one. <laughs> All right. It just, it just no. always comes back to the yeah. Dan Duran's Cockman. <laughs> my so my new superhero character would work right. fine, I guess. Eh? Right. Was the joke you were going to make with our special guest? Was it going to be about uh, Dan Duran and erecting? Uh, no, I, I said after Dan Duran's uh, dick would star as Toronto skyline. Okay. I oh, thought you were going for like an erection no. joke. CN yeah, it was. Tower. It was the CN Tower. His, his, his dick would star as the CN Tower. Right. It was going for in his back, right? Yeah. And and uh, I did send. Do you see the text I sent you? 
Boone? Who me? No Boone. Uh, oh. No, I, I'm going to look at it right now. I'm excited. No. To... And I don't. And, and don't <laughs> no, bring it up. Okay, so, yeah, don't bring. I don't but bring I did. It up. I'll bring it up in the after show. Yeah, yeah I did. I, and I and when I, as soon as I did it, I was like, ah, shit. I heard um, you say it. I laughed I out loud. I know. I know. <laughs> um. Hey, everybody. Toronto Mike's here to. Uh, just May I to, ask uh, a question? Just yeah, ask little, questions. Little, sure. Okay, so I just want to understand things because I only learned about this today. Like I didn't have uh, insight into this. So you. You got a $60,000 like uh, gift of sorts from the government and then at some point they said, "Hey, can we have 40,000 back?" So, like yes. what did you do with the 60 and then you got literally if I'm reading this right, they gave you 20,000 Humble and Fred got $20,000. Yeah. Like, as a small business as one of the 900,000 small businesses in this country affected by COVID. So what did did you do anything like did you invest that sixty into something I mean it's amazing uh, let me that you let, let, well, no, let the Mike. secretary of the company answer that yeah, I'm curious now what we did with it we paid back what we had to pay back and with the other we survived like everyone else it helped get us over the hump and through the tough times and that was what it was designed for and it worked that way I'm not saying you shouldn't have taken it. It sounds like if they're handing money, I mean, if they're handing money uh, out, yeah, take it. I'm just uh, surprised I didn't know about it till today. Like, it never came up in uh, all those hours of shows over the years. It never came up, I don't think. Well, no, I'm not I'm, sure that we... Go ahead. No, I'm just saying we should be, again, proud as Canadians that in a situation like that, so many countries around the world uh, that suffered through COVID wouldn't have the advantages we do. And as I said, for a lot of small businesses, people don't realize in this country the thin line that businesses, small business operates on and how $20,000 can make, you know, well, 60000 but you had to pay it back. But that $20,000 mm-hmm. that, that was forgivable was make or break for a lot of companies. Yeah, and as I said this morning in the, when we were talking about it, like 53% of small businesses in Canada are just breaking even. But I know what you're saying. We, we, I'm sure we had a conversation about it back in 2020 when it became a thing because we didn't, neither of us qualified for CERB because we had a job. And we own and because we're we own this company, but we took the money, although here's what we didn't do. We didn't spend the other 40 like we we always just we sort of kept it there in case we needed it, because Mm -hmm. as I also mentioned in February, March, April of 2020. We were all, remember those days, staying in your house, all those panicky days before the golf season, (laughs) before the golf season opened. Um, We didn't know if we were going to have any sponsors. We didn't know if all our sponsors I remember having these discussions. What if all our sponsors pulled their money from us? Had to bail. So that's why we, like a small business, we needed that money to continue to operate at the high level that people have come to expect from us. Well, a lot of it was was done on spec, right? It was like, I don't know what the future holds. So your government um, drops in and says, we can provide this to give you some security going forward. And, of course... um, so when in the process do you learn that you get to keep 20000 Like, when right. did you discover that? Right at the beginning. Okay, so they always said that, you know, you, you, you know, you only have to give back forty. Yes. Okay. See, I didn't follow. But this. you this have is... to pay it by this date. Right. And I just discovered it, which today. Which is today. Yeah. Which and, is today. And I didn't know until today that if right. you didn't pay it back, you owed the whole sixty. Right. I didn't get right. that. Now I do. So if you didn't pay it back today, the government wants 60 from you. You don't get to forgive the 20. Right. Because you could take that 20 and invest it in boron stock and then exactly. you guys could like... 
by Teslas and stuff. You don't even want to know what we've done, Boone. Okay? Okay, well, that's in the after show meeting. I get to find out all the uh, the wheelings and dealings. That's all awesome. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm happy you guys got 20. No one deserves 20,000 more than Humble and Fred, as far as I'm concerned. Thank you, my friend. We paid our, our staff, people like you and Dan and Phil. Whatever happened to <laughs> Phil? <laughs> Right. Uh, listen, we got a big show next week. We're we're back on. We're back on for the next few weeks. Even though I'm flying out a week from this Saturday, so I'm. Uh, but we're there. Be no interruption for service of service for a while. Um, any highlights? Anything going on next week? Well, Tony Clement returns. It's been a while, so he'll be our guest on Wednesday. Tony nice. Clement, friend of the show. Interesting Tuesday. So I think it was Fred. I can't remember now, but somebody was very excited by this uh, commercial they saw for the Loud Cup. Is it you, Fred? No, I don't know what that is. Howard, was it you who uh, saw a commercial for the Loud Cup and was excited about it? Um, Remind me what that is. What is that? (laughs) It's like a a beverage container. So you're watching sports and I guess the container makes like. Yes, that was me. Yeah, I think that was me. My granddaughter has one. Yeah. And the it cup makes, makes a noise. Oh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, so there's a double header here. We're going to chat with the guy who works for the Loud Cup and can tell you all about the Loud Cup. And then uh, I'm doing my best to get you guys a funeral home sponsor. Great we work, have a young man. Who's coming on Tuesday, and you can pitch him. He's actually a Humble and Fred fan, so that's always an advantage. And he'll be uh, popping in at 8.50 on Tuesday. Brad Jones from Ridley Funeral Home, <laughs> Pillars of the Community since 1921. Yeah, I just said that on the show yesterday. It's, just, it's, it's, a, it's a shame we don't have a funeral home because it would be perfect for our, our, our whole demographic, our vibe. Let's get one. Let's, let's get one. Yeah, man. It'd be great. We could have lots of fun with that. Mm-hmm. Gonna, listen, there's nothing more relatable than death, right? Because it happens to us all. Not one of us. Is, well, everyone is but from, Dan Duran, who's all, yeah. who's obviously never going to die because he's a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we talked about that before. You what, know, that you're a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a vampire. I'm tired. A fucking dog was waking me up at four o'clock. <laughs> oh man, yeah. what, 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 what do you got to do for the rest of the day? I'm what? going out for lunch with you and Bob McCowan. I know, I but that's do. seriously, that's your well, only what? responsibility. Yeah, I'm going to drop my face will fall into the Saganaki, <laughs> you bastard. Where are you guys going? I might hide in the bushes we're there. Going that's over, exciting. We're going to a Greek restaurant in Port Credit. Hey, this, did you say this on the show? Or is I'm this saying it right now. We're, I'm, I'm picking up. I'm picking up Bob. You better not tell you. I said to Freddie, you better not drool on my Tesla, man. I've got, I've got no time for that. <laughs> but this is big news, you guys and Bob McCowan. News. We're going to hang with Bob. And uh, yeah, we said a couple months ago we should uh, get together with Bob. He's had a stroke. Yeah, and he's on the recovery. And we're going to... Uh, we're going to go hang out with him for a couple hours. Had more strokes than Dan Duran, if you know what I mean. <laughs> dick joke from Mike. Super. You should institute some of those dick jokes in Toronto Mike. From oh, right no, no. There's no room in uh, in-depth interviews. Minutes. minutes on Dan Duran's penis. I'm writing it down. Well, that you could do. Yeah. <laughs> Let's wrap this thing up. I got an audition. All right, audition. All, right all right. Yeah, all right, all right. That's your producer. So, yeah, ups. we're... Um, yeah, we're uh, going to hang out. Well, then after after we get back from McCowan, just go and have a little nap. I will. I will. 
I will. Record the convo and then play it on the show. You know, I, I got to keep her mind, you know, and it's not like I'm throwing in the towel or anything. But, you know, there are certain when you get to be a man pushing 68 years old, you know, your world changes a bit. You know what I mean? It's like there are certain things along the way. If they happen to you, you think, oh, I can correct that. There's certain things that can't necessarily be corrected. And for a man of my age now to be woken up a couple of times in the middle of the night, it's a little more tiring than it may have been a few years ago. That's all. That's great. Can you not accept this? I accept it. Fine. I accept. I'm not disputing that you're tired. I'm just saying it's not like you have to go from now to the stock exchange floor and do grown up work all day. No. Your whole, so you got to kill a couple hours. Then we're going to hang with McCowan. And then what do you mm-hmm. do? You go have a little nap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will. I had a super Dan Duran nap yesterday. I had about a 15 minute nap, Dan. And I, I got to tell you, I, I really did feel refreshed. I didn't think I was going to, but I did. I had a 15-minuter, and uh, my eyes opened. I was like, hmm, Dan Duran was right. That's yeah, starting the day over again almost for energy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, thanks to uh, everybody uh, for another uh, fine week of uh, Humble and Fred broadcasting. And uh, it's a Humble and Fred weekend. When we come back, fingers crossed, the uh, Buffalo Bills will be one game closer to the Super Bowl. So if they win against KC, they would have to win one more game to get into the game or two more games? No, they would have to play the AFC Championship game against either Baltimore or Houston. If Houston wins, which might happen, the game would be in Buffalo. If Baltimore wins, Buffalo would go to Baltimore. And then the next game. So basically, they're three games away from this. No, they're two games away from the Super Bowl. Yes. Okay. Yep. Well, let's Who's hope playing that... the Super Bowl this year? Pardon me? Who's playing in the Super Bowl this year? Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's, we were just talking about how the team... No, 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 the, the, the halftime thing. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, Usher. Usher, yeah. Oh, Usher. Okay. Okay. I did think that was a moment. That was a great moment there, though. So we're, yeah. we're talking about the Buffalo path to the Super Bowl, and you asking who's playing in the Super Bowl made me very happy for a couple seconds. <laughs> just, yeah, I was a I love disturbed that. there, too. I'm no, I just I loved it. that. Yeah. I'm like, speaking of stroking out, oh, Jesus, fuck. <laughs> Can't fall on the conversation. That's right. I'd love I to see it. the Bills. The Bills and Lions would be my ultimate. I just think that would be cool. Two sort of depressed cities, haven't won in a yeah. long time, won anything in a long time. I think it would be super. You know, when the Bills were in the Super Bowl there, those four years in a four years in a row, you just sort of took it for granted that at some point maybe they would win the Super Bowl, but they didn't. They... Talk about a, a trail of futility. I think if they'd have won that first one, Scott Norwood, wide right. Wide right. Uh, they, pro- they probably would have won a, one or two more. But it just became a thing. It's too much, yeah. Yeah. Um, I wonder all what right. it would be like to just care about this stuff like you guys do. Well, Dan, probably, what, what would it be like to neat. care about all the... What do you care about? Well, not this kind of thing. I don't know, but so, what, so what? What would you have us converse about? The Peter? No, no, no. Peter I'm not Gale's saying it's, not, it's of, not a judgment on, on you. It's a, it's a judgment on me. It's like I just don't have the interest that, that you guys have, and it would be, uh, you know, I, I guess interesting to have that kind of thing. I don't. Oh, I see. It. So yeah. That's so Sunday, while we're watching the game, what would you be doing on Sunday? Sunday evening at six thirty. What will you and then the misses be up to? Mm-hmm. 
I don't know, probably like, having a lovely discussion. Um, like every day, you know, part of my day walk. is just sort of scanning the sports news and looking at the scores the night before or upcoming games. Not a lot of time. But to not have that in your life, I, I feel bad for you. Well, I do a little scanning of the news, you know, do a wordle or something like that. Yeah, you know. I'm the same. Like I, part, I, some part of every, every, every. I know you'll find this hard to believe, but some part of every day, I am involved in the world of golf. My interest, whether it's uh, reading an article or corresponding with somebody in the, the game, and then I now, of course, I get up every day wondering what the weather's going to be like in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. You know what it is, Dan? It's it's a pleasant diversion. Um, diversion is the word. Yeah. It's a pleasant diversion on our way to inevitable death. So that's what we're right. doing. We're just trying we're to kill it down. down on the way. We're winding it down. Like, okay. like, you know what I spend my time doing now? I did this morning before the show started. I quickly looked at the NHL scores last night, and I thought, ooh, look at that. Uh, the Maple Leafs are now out of the top three slots in the whatever division they're in. And I'm thinking, what? they're very close to falling out of a playoff spot, and I really want that to happen. That's yes, my exciting. passion now. The Leafs missing the playoffs. Yeah. Because I think it's the only solution to their future. So that's what I'm sort of obsessed with now. I want them out of the playoffs. I want them to miss the playoffs. This broken down mid-pack suck show. That's all. So that's, how, that's how part of my day is spent. So how does that plan work if they lose? Is it because they get better draft uh, position? Yeah, theoretically. And, and Whatever. Fred yeah, wants them to some lose changes. to teach yeah. them a lesson. Yeah. <laughs> he does. How discipline. not, how not to build He does. How he not wants how not to build a winner. Right. Yeah. He wants them to be taught a lesson once and for all and miss yeah. the playoffs. Trade Marner for a Norris candidate or something. Yeah, whatever. Oh, you whatever know, I'm so tired of this. It's the same conversation exactly. for 30 Absolutely. fucking years. And get, get a defenseman. Get better goaltending. But get don't be that. so fucking sucky. Mm-hmm. Let's sign Domi and Bertuzzi this year. And they're gritty guys. It'll really help us. They're like, you don't even know they're on the fucking ice. And they don't have a goalie. And... They can't hold a lead. You know, different name, same story, blah, blah, blah. Well, the listen, coach is going to be fired over the next few weeks. We've seen that. and uh, You know. Anyway, Dan, on Saturday when you're here during daylight hours. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll have all kinds of time to talk about everything that has nothing to do with the Buffalo Bills. All right. Okay. We'll catch up on uh, the goings on of each other's lives. We'll do some technical work. Um, are you planning to stay for uh, to eat? Yeah. Excellent. And we're going to make some dinner. Maybe we'll even go to a moving picture show at the local Bijou. Well, that sounds great. But remember to pick up your own garbage, Dan. Yeah. Okay. All right. Shut shut the cupboard doors and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Shut the cupboard doors. Like that's job one. Shut the cupboard door. Oh, it's terrible. (laughs) This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Boron One, Bodog, and Kelsey's, and our newest sponsor, Lender's Choice Mortgages. For contests and comments, we read the emails, Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com, Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. And you can help us out by subscribing, telling your friends about us, and uh, maybe even sharing an episode. Oh, we create the podcast as well. For For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran, and remember... Take a nap, don't drool on the dash, and enjoy every goddamn day. There's a destination a little up the road from the habitations of the towns we know. A place we saw the lights turn low, the jigsaw jazz and the get fresh flow. Pulling out 
jobs and jamboree handouts Two turntables and a microphone Bottles and cans and just clap your hands Or just clap your hands Where's the 